Good morning, good morning, sabaho everybody, and yes, the microphone is on this time. Ah, oh, man, hope you guys are doing great. Uh, I see Chemi's in the comment, uh, Davin is in there as well. Uh, sabaho TK, got, a got the chat going on in the background in the kitchen today while cooking, uh, but we'll keep checking in and help the <laughs> help to keep both away, um, the bots away. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I. I well, Chemi, actually, sorry, Davin, I, I guess now we're all interested to find out what you're cooking because uh, if you are cooking something good, I hope you could share, man. Um, so I hope you guys are doing well. I, uh, again, welcome to welcome to everybody. Hope you guys are, obviously are having a great weekend. Um, if you do celebrate or if you obviously observe the uh, Valentine's Day event or, you know, Valentine's Day in general, um, it's a day away. The 14th of February uh, of 2021 is finally upon us. And of course, uh, the day for us to kind of show our love and appreciation for our loved one and our family. It doesn't have to be a significant other. It could also be your mom, your sister, anybody that you feel like or anybody that you want to just share um, an appreciation with them. And I feel like that's really what the intention or the spirit of Valentine's Day, although there is obviously an implicit direct um, impression that it is intended for you know uh, basically you know couples married you know in, engaged whatever dating um, and, and it's sabaho uh, 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 one of my okay so sabaho Majid is asking uh, if it's cold uh, no Majid actually why the reason why I have this on is because it's a Goku it's, I got myself a new beanie uh, I found it at um, GameStop of all places. Actually, we were going there over with the family. Uh, <laughs> Majid, thank you very much. I appreciate it for both English and Arabic translations. Uh, uh, good morning, Marilyn. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Davin, of course. Hope you're doing well as well. Uh, Pedro, hey, man. How you doing? And um, so, yes, kind of to address the difference in, in, in aesthetics today. Um, I decided to, well, my, my son was buying a, an action figure yesterday from GameStop, and then I surprisingly found this beanie, which has Goku on it. Hold on, let me see if I can do this. And then there's the Super Saiyan God a Blue uh, Goku on it. Haven't been able to find a lot of beanies that are, you know, Super Saiyan or just general Dragon Ball, as you guys know, big fan of the show, uh, you know, right, actually, right there is pretty much like, you know, consistently scrolling Dragon Ball themes. Um, and you find it across all my devices. So it's always permeating throughout the lifestyle of everything that I have. Um, so uh, the uh, the beanie itself, it's not that it's, well, actually it is kind of cold, but not in the office, but I kind of wanted to share it, primarily what it is. Um, this week's been an interesting week. We had a couple of uh, new interesting development, depending on uh, whichever, uh, if you follow, uh, you know, system root or modification type of development. Uh, we had somewhat of a teaser of Android 12 that came out. Uh, and, I, and I say somewhat because it wasn't really, it's not like a full UI uh, walkthrough, you know, everything like that. It was essentially images that were shared. Um, and I did a video over on XTA just doing a kind of an impressions of those, uh, of those, um, well, screenshots. That'll be, I'll say that. Uh, across the podcast, Sam, man, good morning. Sabaho, everybody. And um, hey, Angel, good afternoon, man. Um, and one, what, I, what I really was interested to see there is that some of the elemental changes that they're trying to go with Android 12. Typically, Google always does like minor changes, you know, a few changes where things are. Obviously, they're trying to basically, um, for the lack of a better word, spruce up the experience, make it look better, make it look new. And of course, uh, make it look interesting, at least and keeping up with the times of what's going on. So that video was posted over at XDA. I didn't I didn't do a video on my channel because I felt like we could talk about it today. 
kind of left it up to this one. And then, of course, the other thing that we also kind of got out of the blue was, um, and then I didn't get a chance to see the entire video, but there was a video posted on YouTube uh, of a gentleman that basically had a hands-on video with two prototypes or early prototypes where it seemed to be a prototype. Um, we could not confirm it. Obviously, none of this information is you know, obviously announced by Xiaomi. Uh, but the video showed basically uh, two different versions of the Mi 11 Ultra, which not it's not the Pro. We're talking even high, a step higher than that, even the, the one that most of us kind of generally check. And uh, realistically, when I saw that, I was very intrigued. I'm like, seriously, Xiaomi is going in. Um, and, and when we get over the whole conversation of, yeah, this massive camera hump on the back is like just gigantic. It takes, it takes, actually, it, it literally almost makes the um, S21 Ultra camera hump or even the S21 camera hump look uh, realistically and uh, minimal, minimalistic in comparison. But that's because it actually housed a second display on top of the all new, you know, camera array system that they're looking for. Uh, it, it also did seem like obviously there's 120x zoom that they're using. I'm obviously a combination of optical and digital. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you guys saw some of the leaks as well. 120 hertz display, QHD, all the good things that you expect from Xiaomi. And of course, the Ultra will embody everything that Xiaomi has to offer. Um, I was excited for that little secondary display that they added in the camera bump on the back, which I talked about it with Juan Carlos over on the uh, Best of Our Week podca uh, podcast. Um, and if you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, that podcast has moved on to its own channel now, the Best of Our Week YouTube channel, as well as um, over on Twitch. And we had our first official episode with the new logos and everything um, on that channel. So that was really excited, exciting to actually get everything uh, working there. <laughs> uh hey sam, sam is on youtube with us this morning greg is in the chat of, of course uh commandos in there and uh oh i see what happened sam jumped in on both twitch and on uh <laughs> youtube as well uh, uh okay so i'll get to your question in one second magic uh the the biggest thing that was going on for me at least in in that aspect is the fact that in the demo that that person had he was showing his home screen on that little display. This that display was really kind of mimicking what's going on on the front plate front display. So the intention of that obviously is to be able to allow us when we're using the primary camera, like the well, I say that the main good camera is always the camera on the back of your phone. It, it's always a decision, and for Xiaomi devices. Um, historically and up to this point, we have never had anything above four, sorry, 1080p on the front-facing camera, regardless of how big the megapixels are on the front. We have like a 20, a 30, always 1080p. But this situation kind of gives us the ability of using the primary shooter on the back, which more than likely will have much more capabilities. And then now you can actually see yourself. So kind of like how we see the, um, I guess, the uh, the Samsung uh, Galaxy Z Flip, the when they had that little side display next to the camera module. And of course, the one we see on the Z Fold 2, which enables us to actually use the entire external display as a viewfinder to allow us to see what's going on when we're using the back sensors. So those are things that were very exciting. Um, obviously, this, these were prototypes. There was some inconsistency in the zoom level on one side to the other. So the, the overall experience was very much, um, I would say, very much early hands-on. We weren't really supposed to see that because the video's kind of gone. But at least now we're talking about it. So if anything, uh, there's there's that much going on there. Um, so that was going on with the Mi 11 Pro. Um, I've been using and I've been actually enjoying using the Mi 11, the smaller brethren of the 11 Pro, or actually the 11 Ultra. Um, for about a week and a half now, I got it like middle of last week. I pushed out a video for you guys, obviously with the hands-on. Uh, the main difference about this is the overall, um, I would say the overall difference in performance what, to what we saw last year with the Mi 10. 
The Mi 11 started off literally with, uh, you know, being the first phone being announced with the 888, the first phone to be actually launched with the 888, although in the Chinese market, um, now globally available uh, as actually reasonably priced. And if I don't, if I, Geeky Nasim, Assalamu Alaikum, I hope you're doing well. Um, uh, what are your views regarding the Pixel 6 coming up? So the Pixel 6, if anything, uh, so let's jump in real quick with, uh, with Geek and Asims. So it, Google learned from 2020 based on sales and uh, obviously what they've seen as far as specs is that they don't really need to focus on providing us a flagship. And what I mean by flagship, I'm talking about the best SOC, the best level of, uh, of uh, hardware uh, configuration to, for us to be able to enjoy what Google has to offer. The Pixel 5, the Pixel 4a 5G, the Pixel 4a, taught us that Google can deliver an exceptional or their their Google services as well as um, the Google experiences that we've come to appreciate at a much lower price point using uh, mid-tier to low, uh, basically like the, the six series, the, uh, sorry, the seven series and the six series uh, processors, allowing us to actually get the best of that experience at that price point. So if there's anything that I can predict on as far as what's coming up with the Pixel 6 is that it's going to continue that same story. I think Google should double down and move forward with that direction. If, if there's any change to that formula, meaning we jump back into providing us something that is more alike the Pixel 4, the Pixel 4 XL, there's going to be a little bit of a, a different conversation, right? I think the Pixel 4a was a very clear-cut conversation starter to say that, look, what can Google deliver at 350 and how well can it be? And really, that phone sold out. It, so, it was so sold out at the time it was launched that it literally became one of the uh, the hardest phones to find um, because of the price point, because of what it offered. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can see with the Pixel 4. Uh, my question would be... Uh, Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm clicking on things and then things are moving. Hold on, let me double check. I need to read them. Um, uh, okay, so Magic is asking me which one is my primary phone right now. Uh, so right now, uh, I'm actually still testing out the Mi 11 Pro. Uh, sorry, the Mi 11, not the Pro yet. And then of course, I have the uh, the Xperia One Mark II. Actually, let's just see here. This uh, let's do this here. I forgot about this part, but I need to check and see if the update came. No, no update yet. So the Xperia 1 Mach 2, um, and actually, surprisingly, I think I'm going to be getting hands-on again with the Xperia Pro. And I have a little bit of a, an exciting announcement about that part in, in just one second. Um, let's see here. Uh, so, okay, so uh, Commander Zach uh, Zach is, uh, is asking is, how can the Mi 11 Pro be the best selfie phone? So the, the reality of the matter, if you think about it from, from the aspect of the best selfie, if you really want to get the best images out of your phone, unless this phone is specifically made for selfies, and I say that because I think I've seen Oppo release specific phones that are, uh, for the lack of a better word, the front-facing camera is actually better and performs better than the back-facing camera in that entire UI. Those are going to be basically the best experiences. So that secondary display on the sensor that we see in the back hump on the Mi 11 Pro Ultra, will more than likely be focused on creators, as, as I think uh, Commander is actually saying. It is really intended for people that are able to focus on seeing themselves using the best cameras in the back to get the best selfies. It's not. It doesn't look like it's a touch screen. It's too small for it to be an interface. It's mostly for uh, basically just mirroring the front display because that's how we were able to see the launcher. Because if you obviously just mirror the display and you turn on the camera, the viewfinder ends up basically being what you see in the back. 
So the benefits there obviously are massive because you not only know exactly how you're framing yourself, but you don't really need somebody else's help to help you with that. So those are going to be the mass, the main things to focus on. So from a creator's point of view, recording yourself in 4K, 8K, 30 frames per second, all of those functionalities are going to be really nice. I hope that they bring in the AI audio uh, tuning that they have on the Mi 11 so that we get really good audio also and hopefully increased microphone array uh, in there for better, uh, basically, I would say noise cancellation and also uh, noise focus on the subject. And with that being said, we lost network on the Chromecast in the background. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Rolando's in the comments, man. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, Rolando, are you still having a, a live stream today or did that end up being, um, I, I, last week when we were talking, I think I heard you said you were thinking about it. So I'm not sure if you did. Um, <laughs> Greg's saying no Android 11 yet. I know, um, what's happening, what's going on right now? Uh, yes. So, okay. Um, the, uh, Xperia one, so I'll, I'll answer Greg real quick. So, um, us will be literally the last the last market that Sony releases this update for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, based on my conversation with uh, some people in the know, uh, they said January, February for the release and January is gone and we're in middle of February. So days are going and I'm hoping at some point, uh, I'm just hoping they don't do it like literally on the last day, but at least for them to release it. Um, Juan Carlos and I are both very excited to be able to try out the new 4K 120 frames per second that we saw on the Xperia 5, but we also want to be able to try out uh, potentially the ability of using external um, video into the Xperia 5, Xperia 5 and the Xperia 1 Mark II, and those are supposed to be coming as part of Android 11. So there's quite a bit of excitement around that update and why we want to make sure to get it. Uh, oh, Andrew Wallace, hey man, uh, Fat Produce is in the comment, of course. Uh, okay, so my tech review saying the live stream this weekend back next Sunday video will be dropping in on the channel, of course. Uh, so I, I, I think there was a conversation around that last week. But uh, to talk about a little bit on the uh, the Xperia one, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the fact that I'm getting a little bit of a, a mix. We're, we're basically getting a little bit of Arabic flowing into the actual comments with, with different people commenting there. We'll see. So here they're asking about the Xperia one Mark three. The leaks that we've seen at this point, um, at least from uh, the, the renders that we've seen, uh, show us or at least indicate the fact that the headphone jack is going to be there, which is an exciting thing for me. Um, the structure of the device, the, the functionality seem to basically mimic uh, the overall aesthetics to what we've seen before with the Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, I think the focus on the sensors may be changing, so we may be seeing much better sensors or at least a different approach to sensors there. But it doesn't look like it was basically going to be a... Um, a drastic uh, change. The biggest thing they could potentially do for us is maybe provide us a higher refresh rate on the 4K panel, but there's no question that the one will have the 4K panel. It'll definitely have the 60 frames per second, um, maybe better tuning for white balancing. So that's going to be also something nice in creator mode or for the, the configuration there. Stereo speakers, wireless charging. Uh, I do hope that we go a little bit higher on the capacity on the battery. Not that 4,000 wasn't bad. Um, on, on the Xperia 1 Mach 2, it's been lasting quite well. But if they are going to actually tackle and bring in 5G with the X55, uh, sorry, the X65 modem um, over with the 888, that could potentially be a little bit more, um, I would say, impacting on the battery. So those are things I would hope to be able to change in the near future there. Um, <laughs> let me see how else. Uh, how Sony, yeah, so so Davin is asking, you know, I'm interested to see how Sony is going to tame the Snapdragon 888. 
And that, that comment kind of comes in from at least the approach of the two main companies that have released the Snapdragon 888 to this date. And what I'm talking about essentially is the, oops, I don't want to drop this one. So the Mi 11, that's going to be the first 888 device. And of course, the, uh, the uh, experience, sorry, <laughs> that's not an experience. Um, the, so the Samsung S21 Ultra, so or Samsung's S21. Um, Xiaomi decided to go with a no undervolt, no underclocked, and of course, just letting it run the way it is. And there are some concerns regarding heating and throttling issues once you hit those extended sessions of using the 888, uh, where Samsung decided to do the opposite direction. They actually limited the performance of the processor so that you don't have as much uh, heating. The concern about that, which ends up happening, is depending on which version of the phone you get, you still technically get some performance. There is some warm-up because there are options in the settings that you can actually uh, turn off those optimizations, allow the phone to run at full uh, full capacity. Um, Sony, it's typically has been known for providing us better thermals, better battery management, longer uh, battery life, and of course, the HS Power Control last uh, last year that we saw with the Xperia One Mark II gave us a very big. Um, I would say a very big uh, notice to the market saying, look, battery health is a big factor. Charging is not always going to need to be at 150, you know, uh, just depending on the charger that you're looking for, you know, 105 watts, 165 watts, 50 watts, all of the things that we're seeing. Um, they focused on a, a good 22 watt charger that gave you the ability of charging your phone and then also give us the ability of using the phone without having to actually charge the battery with the HS power control. So. Can they actually give us a better tuning? Can they give us a better experience on the Xperia 1 Mark III using this 888 as the, as the at its core as the brains behind it? Um, and if hopefully, you know, what we're seeing in in Xiaomi devices, so I'm, I'm still in the process of trying to finally find, you know, exactly at what point does my phone start to throttle and when does it actually start impacting experience, meaning on the phone as you're using it. Um, I, I was talking to Juan about it on, on Thursday and, um, in my testing so far, the longest I've been able to do is about a two-hour session of gaming. And it wasn't one game. I jumped from one game to another uh, because I was testing out and I was doing a lot of the B-roll kind of footage for the videos that I did. And overall, although it did get warm, but if you have a case on it, it didn't really impact me much, meaning I didn't really get to the point where it became uncomfortable to hold. I typically have cases on my phones. Uh, and then when I was using the Kishi controller, I wasn't even touching the phone at that point. It's just sitting in the controller. Um I didn't notice any issue with the performance as far as frame rate. I, I wasn't measuring the frame rate um, at that point. I, I didn't run it through that kind of pace. But I can say I can sense that it did get warmer. And I know I've seen other uh, reports talking about the heat, uh, the heat issues. So we'll have to see how that kind of works and how does Xiaomi approach it with uh, MIUI 12.5, which is supposed to bring in some optimization. So there's also this whole we'll fix it in post kind of software thing going on. So we'll have to see how that goes. Let's start looking real quick on the comments. I do notice I'm a little bit behind, but I'll, I'll see what I can have. Um, okay, so here, uh, Fat Broder says, uh, the Xperia 1 series is looking more and more uh, like it, it'll be my next phone. Uh, if I don't <laughs> yeah, if I don't go with the uh, third or fourth uh, gen uh, foldable, uh, it depends. It depends, really. Uh, if if foldables are the things that you're going for, I think we maybe we'll see what the what this year's, uh, you know, I would say Samsung, LG, Oppo and um, what looks like Huawei as well, uh, releasing their own uh, the new they're updating their their foldable as well. Um, I think Sony is a good com a good company to focus on. I think what they offered us with the Xperia Pro, which um, surprise surprise, I'm actually uh, going to be getting my hands on it again, um, hopefully in the next couple of days. So 
um, which will also be part of the why I'm, I wanted to kind of mention to you guys uh, the conversation going on there. Uh, um, uh, uh, Andrew, so here, um, Hush, uh, Hush Swiss, sorry, the names are. Uh, so he's asking is, will the Xperia 1 Mach 2, uh, will the Xperia 1 get Android 11? Yes, uh, it should be within the two year, uh, the, the software update that uh, uh, Sony has to offer. Uh, not all the features will come through. So I don't think uh, 4K 120 will actually be one of the ones that we we can look for there. Um, as well as in, uh, video input or HDMI in using an adapter is only going to be supported on the Xperia 5 Mark II and the Xperia 1 Mark II. So 2020 Xperia's uh, 5 and 1 will get him. Uh, but of course, 2019 Xperia 1 will definitely get Android 11. It's, it's a more of a timing. Uh, I think they're still, they're still trying to go through the Xperia 1 side to release. And the Xperia Pro still came out with Android 10. So you could see the, the I would say, basically the priority level of where Sony is going with. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Davin's jumping in. Looks like this year's Snapdragon 888 is the Snapdragon 810B of the Snapdragon 8. <laughs> and the Snapdragon 870 is the Snapdragon 808 uh, of this year. Um, Davin's kind of commenting on the uh, <laughs> the performance, heat performance concerns that I think the Snapdragon 810 was facing a lot of heat issues at the time it was released. Uh, and of course, the 810B being a continuation of that story. Now, the Snapdragon 870, you may, if you haven't heard about this one or if you've heard of it but you're not familiar with it, um, Qualcomm decided to release a processor in 2021 that essentially is an overclock of an overclock of a processor that it released in 2020. So the 865 came out, it was announced as, you know, typically, you know, uh, Qualcomm announces it at their summit. It started coming out last year with all of the 2020 devices. And at the end of the year, Qualcomm did what they typically do, which it seems like it's going to be a trend. And then they were able to release a plus version, the plus slightly overclocked, same architecture, same modem, everything, um, and same separate modem. So it's not an integrated modem, uh, but it's slightly overclocked. And then what they ended up doing in 2021, at right after, literally shortly after announcing the 888, um, they announced the 870, the 870 being an overclock of the 865 plus and essentially sitting in with the same performance, uh, same type of setup. Now, does that mean that that processor will start basically giving us a better price point because it's a, it's a it's basically based on last year's model? I'm not 100% sure that that's going to be the case. It, it should be, in theory, a less expensive piece of hardware to purchase from an OEM or an ODM point of view because it's not the flagship. It's not the 888. It's an 870. Although Juan and I kind of agreed that this that processor should really have stayed in the 86 series, not the 87 series. Because now we're calling them an 8.7 series. In reality, the eight, it's really an 8.6.5++. That's the best way to explain it. Um, but those are things that you want to keep in mind. Some of the optimizations we see with the 8.88 with the integrated modem and the new band support, those don't transfer down to the 8.70. So, and, then, and those are the things that we're, we're looking into. And that's the uh, Snapdragon 8.08, which was the, the, at the at that year, I think what Snap, uh, Qualcomm did, it was at the same time that they announced the 8.05 at the beginning of the year, because of some concerns and issues that they were have, they released an 8.08. So that was the, <laughs> the, the, the step function uh, release cycle that we're going in uh, with that. Uh, let me see here. Uh, da, da, da. One point every year. 
Okay, so let's 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 talk into a little bit about this one. If one day I have a a, a phone, so Zach Zach was saying is if one day I have a company that makes a smartphone, I will make just one phone every year uh, for everyone. Best uh, best processing um, and uh, triggers for gamings and best cameras and um, and best small screen for uh, on the back on, of the phone. So I think what what he's referring to essentially is why diversify the, the lineup of devices, and that's something that we have to kind of keep in mind. We're seeing more of in 2021, right? Um, if anything, 2021 has will be the year where OnePlus has, I think, if I'm not mistaken, at least five phones released. We already have two: the N100 and the N10 were technically announced last year for the for the uh, other markets, but in the US they finally came, um, and they're basically their two Nord devices in the in the US. Now, last year they released three OnePlus. They were the OnePlus 8, the OnePlus 8 Pro. Both announced roughly around the same time at the beginning of the year, around May. And then at the later in the year, where we typically get the T series, we got a OnePlus 8T. There was no 8T Pro. So there was literally three. Um, I, would, I would consider them to be um, the eight, uh, the, sorry, the OnePlus 8 is the, basically the low end of that, that bracket. They're not low by any means. It's still running the best processor. And then you get the 8T, which is somewhat in the middle between that and the 8 Pro, which provided us the best experience. Um, and those are the things that we saw last year. So it, the question is, is that a better approach than uh, providing us access to a one phone? Meaning you create one phone a year, and but you make it the best phone that you can sell. So here's the, a little bit of a conundrum that when I'm looking at it from a, from, from a reviewer standpoint and also trying to look at it from both the company and our side, right? If that makes, if that situation happens, let's say they're able to put in the best that they can and they release this phone in the middle of the year. So roughly in the middle of every year, you get one phone that releases the best specs and best functions. There's a lot of things to be put into, into that conversation. And also what can, what can and cannot be included in here that may be coming up later in the year? Would you lose out on some of those functionalities? Meaning the benefits of a maybe a plus series uh, processor coming from Qualcomm, or let's say a new type of technology for your display, speakers, charging technology, you know, insert XYZ in there. Um, I think from a, from a, from a portfolio standpoint, it obviously would be amazing. Um, product line development and uh, and buildup usually takes about a year, well, between 12 to 18 months. So the reality is if you're releasing it in the middle of this year, you would have had to start about a year and a half ago. It depends on how functional you're able to be as far as a company to release only one phone and, and still be able to exceed or excel in everything that you're providing. I, I would probably say if you're capable of doing this, this is obviously a great opportunity, but more than likely, I think the dual release or at least uh, a tiered release of devices makes sense, but not necessarily to the point where you just have a lot of phones for the sake of having a lot of phones. So look at it from that aspect. I think what companies are doing with diversifying the, the portfolio is that at least for OnePlus, if you're looking for a budget phone, you have the OnePlus N100. If you want a slightly better device, it's still at a good budget, you get the N10. You want to get a, a decent uh, processing power, good, uh, like literally latest and greatest processing power, everything that OnePlus has to offer. Well, you can jump on the OnePlus 8. Definitely a very capable device. The experience is a little bit tailored to fit the, the price point, but you can definitely get a really good mid-range, uh, I would say six to $700 uh, price point. And then again, you can step it up from there all the way to their flagship of the OnePlus 8 Pro with 12 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of internal storage at $999. So, you have a, a gamut of selection. As a consumer, you would value the ability of choosing which phone that you want to get. If you only have one phone and it is the best of everything that you're saying, the price is not going to be in the budget price line. It's more than likely going to be the $1,000, maybe even more. The reality is, although that becomes makes you into more of a niche market, 
you're going to lose a lot of the general users. Uh, I mean, if, if we just look at Samsung, if anything else, like Samsung's number one or major selling devices are not the S series. It's not the S21. It's going to be the A series, right? Um, Qualcomm releases processors in the mid-range, and we realize that more people tend to decide with their pockets. So I kind of drove the conversation a little bit too long there, but I feel like I'm with you. If you want to do it and, you, and you're okay with not necessarily being... Um, the aspirations of the company that you're putting is not going to be basically, I want to be the best. I want to be the number one. I want to be the number one selling manufacturer. I think that's where it becomes a little bit hard because again, everything best costs money. And that means the phone won't be cheap. And does that mean that you are not trying to sell more units or is it more that you want to be a niche type of market? So keep something like that in mind. Sorry, let's go ahead and start jump real quick here. Uh, so Greg, I think, is commenting here real quick on uh, the heat uh, concerns on the uh, Snapdragon. Uh, sorry, on the uh, on the 888, but we'll have to see. Yeah, uh, Marilyn's commenting, I'm looking forward to seeing some rollable phones. Yes. So we saw the teasers. We know they're coming. Um, we know at least uh, Huawei is not going in that direction. We pretty much know that Samsung's not going to go in that direction. Although my prediction is the uh, the uh, the, uh, the Z Fold 2, <laughs> Z Fold 3, <laughs> Too many names, too many attachments to those names. Um, I think that phone will be coming out with a uh, stylus. They're going to come out with a stylus support. Uh, Samsung announced a standard stylus for the Xperia One. Uh, sorry, for the uh, the the S twenty one Ultra, and then they also said that there was going to be a Pro coming out later. Now, later could also be around the time where the Z Fold three comes out, and I feel like that's probably where it's going to be. It's going to be where that phone comes in with a Pro stylus that will work on the on the sorry on the. Um, S21 Ultra, uh, but again, it'll be more of that conversation. I feel like the external display on the Z Fold 3 will have stylus support because there's no reason they couldn't have done it with the Z Fold 2. I feel like it was they waited a year just to kind of uh, tease the market with the S21 Ultra supporting an S Pen, and then they're going to continue giving S Pen to more and more devices. So we'll see. Uh... Uh, so Gary's the fireman. Hey, man, welcome back to the chat. Uh, Gary's asking, like, you know, how come there's no Pixel 6 uh, leaks? We're a little bit early on on that on that on the train of the Pixel 6 yet. So we're going to start seeing soon. But I know what you're talking about. I, yeah, you know, the last couple of years that we've had with Pixel devices, we um, they've been leaked to Kingdom Come. Let's put it that way. It's basically where you knew everything about the phone way ahead when it was coming out. Um, we're still a little bit early. I think we're probably going to start seeing some leaks at some point, but I feel like the the Pixel Six needs to continue the same conversation. We really need to just see basically what so, what uh, what Google decided to do. Um, last year was part of a, a meetup for the Pixel team, uh, the designers behind the Pixel Five, and literally the the main thing that they mentioned was essentially is they were told or their direction was to provide us a more affordable Pixel that still gave us all of the, the bells and whistles. You know, they still gave us more uh, more features in a sense, you know, that we had the ultra wide lens, we had wireless charging, reverse wireless charging. We had a very nice um, uh, build quality on the Xperia, uh, sorry, on the uh, Pixel 5. Uh, and of course, you still had a 4,000 milliampere battery and a smaller form factor than the uh, Pixel 4a 5G. So you got it to keep in mind, a lot of things were done. We'll see, we'll have to see how they kind of go with that direction. Uh, I appreciate it, Magic. Always appreciate it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, we finally have our first bot. Hey, congratulations. Uh, we just have our first bot blocking. Uh, 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised we're getting that many uh, that many bots this early in the morning. So uh, let me do this real quick here. I do need to do a quick house cleaning. I think Matt is not in the comments. I'm not sure. I hope I was hoping, and I forgot last week. Um, Aditya reminded me, but I think I did kind of forgot a little bit to to set up some additional comment, uh, some some additional uh, help. Um, so. Greg actually brings up a good comment here. Um, it might be good to underclock uh, and undervolt slightly. So in the, in the development world or in the modding world, you know, modifying, installing custom ROMs and you know rooting your devices, one of the biggest things that a lot of modders do is to install a custom kernel that enables them to actually underclock or overclock and undervolt a processor. So it's a combination of tweaking the processing power on your, on your device to kind of give you a little bit better performance, but it also providing you better battery savings. So the, the undervolting and overclocking kind of gives you the ability for kind of doing that a little bit. But it's a fine-tuned process. It's not necessarily you just hit one button, sometimes it works. Uh, the goal essentially what he's saying is it, it would be better for us to uh, get a system that is underclocked as opposed to getting a system that's overclocked. So let's look at that approach between the S21 and the Mi 11. Um, I look at them as uh, realistically, yes, obviously the best performance is what we're looking for. Right? We're looking for consistent throughput, uh, better per, uh, battery life, and of course, overall, just all of the features that they are announced to be used to be functional in here. I feel like the S21 uh, experience that we're getting out of the box is pretty much a, a tailored experience to start with, right? This is Samsung's approach to trying to say, hey, we still offer you cheaper phones. And if you haven't caught this yet, if you haven't actually saw this yet, or maybe because for some reason that hasn't hit them at the, as a major time, uh, major uh, announcement, but the S21 Ultra is a thousand bucks now, $200 cheaper than it was at launch two weeks ago. The S21 Plus is at six, uh, no, I said six nine, no, seven ninety nine. So that dropped another couple of hundred, and the S21 that was launched at seven ninety nine is now at six ninety nine, roughly the price of what the S20 FE was when it was first launched, and even that one was dropped by a hundred bucks the moment the, the moment the Pixel Five came out. So it, to me, it, it truly tells you that Samsung is truly just trying to hit that MSRP, saying that they can say that the phone was launched at this price. But they realize that their phones won't sell at that price. Not a lot of people will even consider them. Now, the S21 and $699 is a reasonable price. The phone definitely feels like at this point that could, could make sense for us. But the experience really at, for people that pre-ordered, for people that wanted to get on the uh, on the bandwagon, the Samsung bandwagon, I would say they're out an extra couple hundred bucks on their purchase literally two weeks after getting it, just a bit out outside of that return policy that you could do after you purchase it. So to me, this is a very big, like a very big approach to kind of changing the way we think. Samsung should not be phones that you purchase on day one. Um, for the most part, you'll get a better deal if you buy it unlocked by yourself as opposed to buying it through a carrier. Because I checked over with a few other carriers that carry the phones in the US. And surprisingly, they didn't drop the price. They're still listing it at the full twelve hundred, the you know thousand dollars, and the seven ninety nine uh, price point for those devices. And that's what you're going to be purchasing, even though you're making monthly payments. You're still being taxed at that higher price. Is that worth it? On top of the uh, the financing uh, that you're going through to pay an extra two hundred, or should you just sell your old phone on Swappa, which is a very good site, not sponsored, but sometimes a site that I use to sell my old phones and basically get a better deal on that one through Amazon or something like that. So those are things I'm, I'm very in, interested to see how they, they provide that. But Xiaomi walked out and said, look, 
we're launching a phone at 749 euros and that's the experience that we're giving you and it's actually pretty reasonable it translates to roughly about 900 bucks us and if i really had to compare the s21 to s21 plus to the mi 11 there's no comparison i think the mi 11 is a much better buy even though it's a little bit more now because if you think about it technically samsung played this numbers game they're selling their phones cheaper right because they drop their prices they're giving you basically look i'm selling this phone for a thousand but then I'm giving it to you for 800 for the S21 Plus, and therefore it's a much better deal than the Xiaomi Mi, uh, Mi 11 that came out at 900 bucks. Does that make sense? For the average user, they may see that as a savings and they may take advantage of that feature. And of course, they like the Samsung name. There's always going to be that conversation. But in a market where Xiaomi has a presence and they're sold, I feel like this is going to be a tougher conversation to make because there is a QHD 120 hertz display on the Mi 11, there's a 4,600 milliampere battery that charges at 55 watts on the Mi 11. Uh, there's stereo speakers that sound amazing on the Mi 11. There's a lot of things to be talked about there. And I feel like Samsung is, I, I, in a small amount, they're losing their 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 competitive edge that they're always, they've always been left for. And that's what I'm worried about. I want them to get back into that game and fight. Um, Xiaomi's just basically been forcing their hands this year. And it looks like at least... Uh, since the announcement of the 888, uh, they hit up first with the sale. They hit up again with the announcement and making the Mi 11 available. And Samsung's has literally been in that reactive mode since the beginning of the year. So we'll have to see. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, what would you look at it? <laughs> hey, TK, do you have any um, any issues with the always-on display uh, media control on the Ultra? Uh, I honestly have not been using AOD uh, on this. Uh, I do know that on my on a normal lock screen, I actually haven't had any problems with it. Um, but I, I think overall, it shouldn't be there shouldn't be any issues. If you are, my hope is that they get fixed with software. My problems with the S21 Ultra right now, which they're still not able to fix it, uh, is audio handoff from Wi-Fi calling over to standard uh, conversations, like if I'm doing it over cellular. Uh, if I've had a conversation on Wi-Fi calling, meaning if I made a call and let's say I'm done with that call and I hang up, if I try to make another call on cellular where I've left the house or gone somewhere else, I can't have audio. Like audio on my side just drops. Either the microphone doesn't work or something that doesn't work correctly. And it forces a restart for me that for some reason just is the only way for me to fix it. So I'm having a slightly different issue as, as opposed to the uh, music controls. Um, I've also been using, and I don't know where that case is, uh, the SVU flip cover. So my music controls have always been on the display on the outside, not necessarily sorry, on the cover of the case on the outside as opposed to being on the inside. Uh, those are one of the things I also kind of haven't had a, had a chance to worry about those. But I'll, I'll double check on that if you want to hit me up a little bit later on and I'll let you know. Um, I can't pause Hulu for my always on display. Um, uh, I'm assuming you're casting from your phone, I, I guess. I, that, that would be my best guess because if you're trying to pause Hulu, which is a service that needs to be on your display for it to be able to work kind of thing, it doesn't work in the background because once you turn off your display, it doesn't work. So let me know if that's the, the, the case that you're doing there and we'll see there. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Mehmet is commenting, he's like, yeah, the Galaxy Z Flip is a very nice foldable. I honestly think Samsung innovated with the Z Flip. They, they really looked at what... Um, Motorola did with the uh, with the razor the you know the comeback razor kind of thing and they they really pushed the functionality and I like the phone honestly the phone as a as a as a design as a function it was very nice and I felt like the probably the 5G model would have been a little bit better 
Um, the constraints of the clamshell design, design kind of limited their functionality. Uh, obviously, the external cameras couldn't have been the best cameras, but um, the phone for me fit the uh, the two criterias. A gives us a good design to protect the clamshell design uh, to protect the the display on the inside. We had a very small functional display on the outside. And again, what I would probably look forward to seeing this year is maybe a slightly more affordable price point. I feel like the price was a little bit too high, even though it is a foldable. Uh, but now being that this is going to be technically the third generation of the Z Flip, uh, hopefully we'll see something a little bit better there. Thank you, Mehmet, for that one. Majid. Majid, always, always appreciate it for your comments, Habibi. Ahlan. Uh, here, okay. Uh, Mawash 309. Mindshares, uh, okay. Mindshare comes from marketing uh, of the of the flagship, then promote go. Uh, okay. I think you, I'm not sure what you mean, um, uh, Mawash. Hopefully, I'll come, I'll, hopefully, I'll come back to that one. Just give me, give you a few minutes there. I'd love to see go modular, <laughs> three chassis, small, medium, large. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two mid-rangers and one high-end, high three memory options. Um, let the consumer choose. I think this is be so. That's I think that's what Project Aria was supposed to be, right? Uh, Aria was supposed to be the modular phone approach, where essentially the structure, the architecture of the phone stays pretty much the same, and the only thing that changes overall on what you're getting essentially is the configuration of the different slots or the different modules that you actually put into the actual system. Um, I would love to be able to see something like that and, and see options for us a little bit more for people to kind of see uh, what we can do with devices if we allow the customers to co to customize them to their to their benefit, right? So they could choose the memory and the storage capacity that they want. They don't necessarily need to have to select between two options or presets. Uh, lead time for those things uh, probably be a little bit long, but I think it would definitely be looks nice. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what Greg is jumping in. Project R would have been the best choice for uh, for, uh, for that from Google, but it looks like it hasn't been something that they've kind of, I don't think they're even focusing on it at all. I don't think it's even, I don't even think it's still going. Um, so yes, for, for everybody that's noticing in the comments that there was a few bots in there, uh, I do, I do want to mention that I did get it. I was able to catch, I think, a couple. Hopefully that kind of goes through. Uh, <laughs> uh, Paco, uh, welcome, welcome, man. Always, always appreciate it. Thank you for the super chat. Always, uh, no, definitely, uh, as you know, we typically go for a little bit, but thank you. I haven't seen you for some time. I actually haven't seen you in the chat for a while, but thank you for coming back in. Um, okay, uh, is the audio, okay, I'm not sure if Greg mentioned I'm not sure, okay, so if you guys don't mind, please let me know in the comments below if you guys can hear me. Uh, Okay, so I guess you can hear me. Okay, so take that back. Uh, I what what I mean by um, if there was any uh, you know possible way for it to come back, it would be more so if they wanted to bring it in. But I think Aria as a project, it was it's kind of almost like Project Fuchsia, right? It's it's just one of those side projects that Google releases and tends to either even kill it before it even comes out. It's kind of the same thing we saw with Stadia, where their studios are going to be shutting down. That's the other thing. Um, so Davin, oops, let's jump back real quick here. So Davin, real quick, real quick. Uh, oh, perfect. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for for confirming it. Did, I, I think it was more, uh, I love it, love it. Uh, so Davin's coming in. Um, if you're, if you modular, if you go modular that way, you may keep the camera and display standard as the chips are uh, powerful enough. 
that's true. That's the biggest thing about it is when you go modular to that level, I think I think the reason why I mentioned Aria and the really I really I liked Aria as a as an approach. It was because we could swap different module. If you wanted to change the focus of your phone for that specific day, you have the ability of increasing, removing certain functionalities. Let's say you don't need a 5G modem, you're okay with the 4G LTE. You can remove a couple of modules for the modem and maybe let's say you don't need the camera that day and add more battery modules to give you a longer battery life. So those are things that we wanna get basically get the benefit. And I think that's what Aria was intending to be. Um, the fact that we never got a chance to see a functional version of it, meaning that something that we were able to basically uh, even see a generational release, like a one release, and then suddenly it's not available. It was the concern. Obviously, we couldn't see that. Can companies really make it so that the consumer can pick? Would you be okay going to a store and making a selection, meaning going in there and saying, look, I want... I want the best processor. I want the best RAM. I don't really care too much about the camera. I'm going to be playing a lot of games with this. So let's skip the camera. Let's go with the larger battery. Those are things that people can definitely benefit from. But I think most people want to be able to just get a good combo that they know works. Um, and I feel like maybe also could be the biggest problem that we always look at uh, when we talk about hardware and swappability is driver support, hardware support and functionalities. Switching pieces internally, meaning changing the camera, changing the processor, changing the RAM, all of those components have their own, uh, basically, uh, the best way to say it is like drivers. The cameras need drivers. This is why when we go from a stock ROM to a custom ROM, typically the functions uh, don't translate one to one because some of, the, some of the drivers in there or some of the functions, the elements that are needed to get this to work correctly are proprietary and they are basically cannot be used in open source. So those are things that you want to keep in mind. Tent, uh, you know, Typically, development is done in the open source world. Um, but I, I, I digress. What I meant to say essentially is that the appeal of ARIA although was very high, was very limited by the current ecosystem and the fact that there are certain things, like if you swap modules, if you change different things, you're, you tend to basically run into kind of configuration issues. It's like installing a new piece of hardware on your PC. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. Uh, B's jumping in with hopefully, okay. ATK, hey, uh, have you had any issue uh, taking calls via Bluetooth headset while uh, staying connected to a smartwatch uh, that also has the ability uh, to take calls? Uh, you face an issue where the phone switches to, uh, to between the two devices. So um, yes and no. I'll answer that question by saying this. I do have a smartwatch that does. Uh, sorry, I do need to put the chat away, um, mostly because, it, uh, but thank you. Thank you for the question, B. Um, on the S21 Ultra, I do have uh, a, sm a smartwatch that does have a speakerphone and a microphone, and I tend to use headphones. Um, I did not have any issues with the audio switching automatically on the S21 Ultra. Um, I did have that issue, though, with the Z Fold 2, where the call comes in, and for no rhyme or reason, my Bluetooth headphones disconnect where I'm in the middle of a call, I'm on the headphones. It disconnects from the Bluetooth headphones, and it goes straight into my watch, and my watch starts actually taking the call. Um, that happened to me more frequently because... Um, I was using a uh, connection to desktop. So I later discovered that the issue was if you use the feature on your smartphone for Samsung devices, specifically the link to desktop, and you're using the Bluetooth audio on your desktop, meaning you can send and receive calls from your PC. Uh, it's a function that Samsung offers, um, allows you to basically get all notifications from your smartphone pushed to your PC. And you also have the ability of using your Bluetooth headset or wired headset, whichever you want, you want to have on your PC to control your phone calls. 
And that was the problem that was going on for me for most of the time. It, the phone was having a hard time handing off Bluetooth audio. And not only that, it also created an issue for me because it actually disabled phone call audio on my headphones. So the headphones themselves lose that feature. It's almost like there's a switch in there that turns off audio for any headphone on the phone, allowing it to just go to the PC. So that was my issue. And once I disabled PC issues, I no longer had a problem with the handoff. Uh, but I'm, if you can give me maybe a little bit more details on yours, Short answer, S21 Ultra didn't have that problem. Uh, the Z Fold 2 did have that problem for me from Samsung. Uh, Matt Tyler, <laughs> damn it, you, YouTube didn't get the notification out and didn't realize time. <laughs> it's it's a typical thing. I think that's one of the reasons why I like the show to be a little bit long because you tend to give enough time for YouTube to kind of slowly that do that gradual notification that kind of goes on because it's it's tough it's tough realistically it is uh but thank you for joining man hope you're doing well um looking forward to the show tomorrow if you guys don't know matt has a show with sam that was in the comment a little bit earlier uh and um they do across the podcast it's on sundays and it's a great show and i had an opportunity last week to to jump in and hang out with some of the, some of them as well on their show so it was definitely a very very nice um gary burrows is um if every company made made the modular uh, made made the modular compatible, uh, it would work. I agree. It, it depends on basically the ecosystem, right? How many companies can actually go into it? Um, the the approach would nece wouldn't necessarily be every company because you you have to understand also the every whomever designs designs the initial phone it needs to make sure that everybody else follows their design to make it sure that it works so everybody would have to submit their drivers there would be this excess uh, kind of build up that we need to kind of look into but it would definitely be more exciting to be that way um when we saw the modular approach that Motorola did with their uh, with their uh, Z power or the power of the you know their their modular approach um it was other companies designs like you know we had um i think it was it Hasselblad had one and i think uh, there's another audio company that created the speaker their the the functional designs were very nice but they were still really made specifically for one phone it's it's a hard change for people's approach i think the 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 glowing rectangle or just basically the standard candy bar shaped smartphone is a form factor that is basically engraved. We have so much of it now, it's hard to kind of step away from it. But I would appreciate it, of course. Uh, and dude, look at that. Mr. Joshua Vergara, good morning. Good morning, man. Happy Chinese New Year for everybody. Forgot to mention it as well. Um, but yeah, nice to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good a good, uh, good weekend or good start of a weekend. It's uh, Saturday beginning of the middle of the day. It's the middle of the day. It's about 11.30 our time here. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Majid, for uh, confirming. I appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, let me see here. Uh, hey, Aditya is in the chat, too. Good morning, man. Sabaho. Welcome. Welcome to the chat. Um, thanks, man. Uh, JV's, in the, JV's in the house. Welcome, man. Um, that's usually how we <laughs> that's usually how it goes uh, josh jumps in in the chat just like totally it's kind of like juan right you know he's there but sometimes you don't you know we don't <laughs> you never know when they're gonna jump in and say hi and i appreciate it as well uh a while josh everybody see dude everybody notices it it's fun always always uh, <laughs> getting notifications going on um okay so is the S21 Ultra better better at zooming than the P30 Pro? The approach that you're getting with the with the S21 Ultra right now is that dual telephoto lens, right? You're getting the approach of having a 3x telephoto and, of course, another one that is set to 10x. 
Um, right now, I think at the at this part of it, I feel like it is a little bit better as far as the approach because you're having that selection between the two different lenses as opposed to just having the ability of just massive zoom. We, we've gone through the, the space zoom years and that was last year's uh, Samsung's pitch to it. This year, they're still giving you the ability of doing zooming on the S21 Ultra, but I think it's more optically uh, focused on giving you the best experience at the 3X and the 10X. So as far as flexibility between that, the, the 108 megapixel sensor, as well as the ultra wide, I think it's a better camera array than what we saw with the P30. That is also kind of going into a couple of generational upgrade. Uh, the P30 is still a, a capable smartphone. It's one of the, uh, you know, Huawei's best uh, sellers. Um, and I think the P40 kind of took it a little bit further as well. But uh, if you're looking, if you're holding a P30 right now and you're comfortable with the zoom levels that you're getting there, I, I really don't see a reason to upgrade unless you really need that flexibility between the two different lenses. Uh, Aditya is jumping in with the happy new year, happy new, uh, lunar new year, everyone. Uh, this is the year of the ox, uh, which is another great one, hopefully a much better year. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll have to see how he kind of, uh, tr I'm hoping it translates into a better year for us in, in general kind of thing. Uh, last year was the year of the rat, not to say that rats are not good. Uh, I happen to know some people that are born in that year, but we'll have to see how that, that approach goes into it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Matt saying, at, uh, and, and Chris Texpert are uh, now, now the most appreciated people in the show <laughs> and, and only just realized it uh, when TK mentioned it last week. I, I think so. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, ER 1980. Hey, man. Sabaho, man. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's, it's very much a big, big approach there. But Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Xperia Pro. So um, I will be able to hopefully get my hands on again on it uh, very, very soon. And I want to share with you guys, obviously, some more hands-on experiences with it. Uh, but the biggest event that I wanted to kind of just a little bit of an announcement, I'll, I'll be a little, talking about it a little bit more on social media, uh, is that I'm actually going to be part of the B Alpha live event at the end of this month. So at the end of the, uh, they've had it a couple of years. Uh, Sony releases or Sony has an event for their alpha event uh, and they, it's like 90% focused on their alpha cameras. It's not necessarily focused on mobile, but this year, for some reason, they decided to have a small segment, which is going to cover the Xperia Pro and um, your boy is going to be sitting basically in there right that center doing a hands-on and a Q&A. So if you guys are ever not familiar with it, I left some information for you guys in the description below of the YouTube site. I don't think it shows up anywhere on Twitch. Um, for more information about it. And of course, you guys can definitely check it out and let me know. Uh, it's free show if you'd like to register and check it out. And if you have any questions on the Xperia Pro, you're more than welcome to throw those in there. And you never know, I'm, I may be able to answer some of your questions there as well. Uh, it's, thank you, man. Appreciate you for the super chat. Always, always really appreciate it. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Um, always with everybody in the show, of course, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I always kind of thought. So, yes, I'll take that. Thank you, Davin. Appreciate it. Um, always, always appreciate it. And I was very um, I was very excited with with the entire kind of process. And it kind of uh, went through and, and I'm really excited to be able to be part of it. Um, it is unfortunately, it's not a live event, meaning it's not uh, just broadcast live everywhere. You do need to register to be part of it. So, again, if you guys would like to check it out, uh, and definitely let me know. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it, Josh. Always, always. Um, 
and it, it's just one of those things that I was very surprised. But Sony's again, as you know, um, I I love the Xperia One Mark II, and I loved. Uh, I was very very happy with the short amount of time that I had the opportunity to use the Xperia Pro. Um, I'll have the opportunity to play with it a little bit more. So that will be the other thing. And the exciting part I'm hoping is that I'm hoping I get uh, more of a retail unit. So we'll also get a chance to maybe do an actual unboxing of it. I don't know, um, but we'll see. Uh, I do know that I will get a chance to play with it and uh, there'll be more social postings and so on. So you'll definitely see a little bit more of your, uh, your boy's face. If you do check the link that I have in the description below, just go all the way down to the bottom where you see the presenters and uh, you'll have a little surprise. That That's the best way to say it. Uh, guten Tag, guten Tag, yeah, hey man. <laughs> uh, is it guten Tag or guten Nacht? I think it's guten Nacht. Oh, I guess it's guten Tag, yeah. Uh, how are you, man? How are you doing? Uh, so that's the biggest thing that's coming up for me, at least in the next couple of weeks, uh, for, for me, just kind of just focus on what's going on. I have um, a few things kind of also coming up. There's a, a nice little video that's going to come up on, I think on the 20th or so. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So, Greg, you guys know we've had this happen a couple of times on the show, right? I'm in the middle of the show and I'm waiting for a package to show up. Um, there is a package that's supposed to be delivered I and I am keep checking my watch. I'm not sure. It's not here yet. Let's just say that. It has, the package has not shown up yet. Um, dude, always, always. Davin, good. <laughs> good. Um, so yeah, the, the biggest thing that's going to come up, I guess, like I said, uh, the B alpha event at the end of the month, more information below, uh, the me 11 for me is a very big, it's, it's basically a phone that I wanted to spend more time with, and I didn't get a chance to do it before the Monday video. So that video was mostly just kind of an overall, um, coverage of the phone. And, um, there'll be more of a, a more focused deep dive comparison between the S 21 and the me 11. I did that earlier this week with the S 21 ultra and the S 20 ultra. Um, I had, unfortunately my S 20 ultra was part of how I was able to get the S 21 ultra. I traded that in and I was running out of time to be able to put a video together, doing that deep dive comparison that. I wanted to do for those two phones. I felt like the conversation of just saying, you know, last year's phone is as good as this year without showing some of the comparisons, it's a little bit harder to make. So yes, the video is a little bit longer, but if you ever wanted to kind of make a decision between the two, especially now that again, the, the, the S21 Ultra is $200 off, this is a good conversation to start. It's still $300 more than what the S20 Ultra is available to be purchased currently if you want to be able to buy it. Um, Amazon still sells the S20 Ultra, by the way, not necessarily just the S21 Ultra. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the, the Mi 11 Ultra that I feel like if there's any indication of what Xiaomi wants to do is they really want to push the, uh, the, the functions and the limit of what we want to see. Um, I was originally hoping that the Mi Ultra will end up being similar to what we saw last year, where we had that curvature, the displays on uh, on the Mi Ultra, and uh, just kind of get that nice, you know, futuristic look. Um, but at least this week, we'll have to, you know, wait a little bit more. For the most part, most of the Asian, um, I would say, um, anything that's around China or something that celebrates Chinese New Year is going to be on vacation for the next week. So we're going to notice a lot less input from that type of, uh, you know, news outlets. They basically, let's say that. Uh, and we'll have to see how kind of things go through. Uh, uh, we'll see how things kind of go in, uh, go in that. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Data. Hey, everyday tech. Good morning. Everybody say hi to everyday tech. Good morning, man. Uh, it, it's one of those things. So it, let's, 
it, this is actually getting a little bit warm. I'll, I'll say that right now, but I wanted to kind of share with that with you guys. So this is the, hold on, let's get it to focus. So here, here's the new, uh, <laughs> the new beanie come in and picked it up. Son Goku, uh, Monkey King, of course, and uh, you get the Super Saiyan God Blue. Uh, it's a very, very nice, very high quality beanie, which I really, really appreciated. Um, surprisingly enough, actually, I also got this nice little package from vidIQ. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Uh, it's a company that I use to be able to manage my channel a little bit with the input with the metrics on them. They sent me a nice little, um, like a little folder with the note taking. And uh, I also have a mug that uh, I didn't, sorry, I've been using it here. Let's do that real quick here. So uh, they sent us a, a nice little mug here, you know, eat, sleep, create, and repeat. Very, very, uh, a very, very good recipe to be able to grow your channel if you guys are looking into those. But, um, Matt, do you have a Matt? Do you mind if I share some of those pictures that you shared with me um, over on Twitter? Because I, I'd love to be able to talk a little bit about the performance um, numbers that we hear between Exynos and and, um, and Snapdragon at least. Um, let me know if you got if you well, let me know in the comments. I guess. <laughs> uh, let me see here. I think I have those there. Um, I, I'm still in the process trying to figure out, hopefully now with the price drop, it'll be a little bit easier to pick up an S21, um, like an Exynos version uh, of the uh, the Snapdragon, <laughs> uh, sorry, the Exynos version of the S21. Thank you, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. So um, if you guys aren't familiar with it, let's go ahead and do this. Program. I'm going to share screen. I'm going to go to second display and you're going to see yourself in the chat for a second there and then boom. Okay, so uh, Matt shared with me a couple of pictures. Nope, not this one. I think that was the one we did last time. Nope, that's the audio test. And that's what happens when you share and you don't talk about here. Okay, let's do this one first. Uh, okay, so that was the first one. Uh, okay, so this one was actually the Geekbench score on the S20. This is an S21 Android 11, the Exynos model. You can see it at the bottom here. It talks about the Exynos 2100. The model number is the SMG991B. Um, now, this is using Geekbench 5, running it with uh, enhancement mode turned on. So you'll notice right there, 1031 is the score that we were able to get there. And if I'm not mistaken here, let me just bring up my Geekbench, because I, I ran the same numbers on uh, the S21 uh, with the processor here, with the Snapdragon processor. Um, so all in all, pushed up. Uh, it's actually not that bad. So 1102 we get here on the uh, on the multi, on the single core, and when it came down to the multi core, it seems like Exynos is performing a little bit better. We had a 3030 here on. Um, oh, actually no, take that back. My mistake. Uh, full 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 sorry full push. Let's see if we can. Uh, actually, it's hard to do that when it's a smaller window. Let's see if we can do 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 do. Let's do this. Nope, that's not what I wanted to do. Let's do uh, ah. Interesting. Okay, let's see. Can we do this? Okay, so that was the score that we saw there. That was the the enhancement mode uh, turned on with uh, basically uh, you know the best setting that you get there. So that was ten thirty one uh, and thirty two eighty eight. And for the Exynos for the for the Snapdragon version, we got eleven twenty one and thirty one ninety four. So the Snapdragon seems to be a little bit better when it comes to single core functionalities. And when it comes down to multi-core functionalities, it seems like we're actually a little bit slow. Well, not a little bit, but like there's a minor performance bump. It's 2288 to the, uh, sorry, 3288 to a 3194. So I would say roughly about the same when it comes to multi-core, but a little bit better when you go down. Uh, and then of course, when you turn off the processing, the improvement processing that we get here, and this is where it gets a little bit different. The 
Snapdragon variant of it actually drops quite a bit. It goes down to 843 on the single core and basically 29997, which actually stays a lot higher when it comes down to when you get it with the, with the, with the Exynos model. Now, those are interesting numbers because it seems like when it's not being optimized, it runs a little bit higher. And then the last one I want to show, let's see if we can do this correctly, is the this is the OpenCL score, which I think last year, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both Matt and I were having some concerns there because it, it seems like his, or at least the Exynos model, didn't want to run it. Uh, this is where it becomes very interesting. Uh, Snapdragon is actually doing a lot worse. It's uh, about 4720 compared to 7392. And uh, that is quite a bit of a difference. That's a very big difference when it comes down to OpenCL. But uh, daily activity, let me see here if we can double check here. Da, da, da. Okay, let's go and minimize this. Uh, I think the processing power overall of what we get with the Snapdragon versus the Exynos, it's going to be, let me double check, drop that there. It's going to be obviously relative. Uh, there are still some concerns with the heating concerns on the Exynos model. Some There are some reports coming out, basically extended use still generates a lot of heat. Uh, but it definitely is a much bigger improvement. It's a lot closer on the clock speed or at least the performance that we're getting with the, with the Snapdragon variant. Although, again, depending on which one you have. And you do need to turn on this little feature, which is a weird thing to do that you need to figure out to do. And that's under the battery settings if you don't know where it is. Uh, you need to go into the battery settings, check that box, which is the optimization. I think it's called optimizations. I do apologize. I think it's... Um, here because there is a there is a toggle for it it's called enhanced processing so if we go into the settings tab under battery there's a button under advanced that says enhanced processing and that enables you to actually perform better the surprising part though is there's a comment under that it says it will optimize performance on general application excluding benchmarking apps so they know about the benchmarking function although it seems to still actually show up in there um, i like to use geekbench mostly from a point of reference not necessarily saying that this is you know obviously the standard um, uh, so in uh, here, so jumping would be the, the Exynos is better than the Snapdragon. I honestly think they're more comparable now. They're closer to each other overall, as far as the performance, I do feel like Samsung provides a little bit more support to their Exynos side than they do provide. And I mean, support, meaning it's easier to basically root and modify Exynos models on Samsung as opposed to the Snapdragon var variant of it. Um, uh, but I also feel like it's a little bit more, um, it's easier to work with. Like development on the, on the Exynos model typically is much faster now, where believe it or not, at one point, it used to be the other way around, where Qualcomm was easier to modify, and it's different now. Uh, let me see here real quick. Uh, I think I missed a few comments. Uh, da, 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 we are result immediately, so I did. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I think I missed something. There's a conversation going on. Uh, oh, I got it. Greg has his own Discord going on. Everybody who's joining in the last minutes. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think it was that more of a timing thing that, that was kind of going on. Um, let me see. Matt Tyler. Da, da, da. I really should set up a Discord server. I really need to set up. So other... Uh, da, da, da. I'm super excited. Uh, might be the only one <laughs> purchased... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a side conversation going on. I'm not 100%. Uh, I didn't see that in the chat yet. I think I, I need to jump into that one. Uh, it's tough. Uh, folks really miss them. Yeah, no, man. Um, uh, so Matt's jumping in. So the external model still heats up more and uses slightly more battery, uh, but the massive improvement is a massive improvement over the 990. I, no, absolutely. When you look at the numbers, realistically, uh, they're very, very close. They're within an era uh, that can, I would say, almost like... Uh, 
it's negligible. Um, the way I described it in the video I posted recently, it's like literally talking about two super fast cars from the same company, just slightly different models, and basically saying that you know this one ever so slightly gets to the end faster. They're both super fast cars. There's no question that it's going to be there. Unfortunately, speed does come at a, at a, at a factor of uh, heat, and it looks like it's going to be coming in at that as well. Uh, let me see here real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh i i appreciate it i appreciate it greg yeah no i i got i think i need to kind of work out work into a, something uh, a little bit into that um i hope you guys are also if you if you able to and if you have somebody special in your family that you want to make them feel special uh just keep in mind even though we're not you may not be able to see them may not be next to them with family and members especially if you're abroad or if you're not next to them uh, you know, a nice little video call, a nice little e-card would still make somebody feel very, very, um, very well appreciated, I think, um, in, in a way, in that sense. Um, one thing I did want to actually kind of talk to you guys as well is a lot of the smartphones, a lot of the things that we're looking at right now, especially with the with the new developments, with the new processors and so on, there, there are certain things that we need to keep in mind and appreciate about what we already have. Uh, the functions and everything that's already been basically uh, improved on the new devices that we've seen this year are still only the two first devices to come out of the box. Uh, I feel both maybe a little bit ahead of when they were supposed to, mostly because I think uh, MIUI 12.5 should have been launched with the uh, Mi 11 at the same time as opposed to coming in later. We did see that the Mi 11 Ultra did have Mi, uh, MIUI 12 installed, the 12.5 on it. Um, Samsung still has some issues in their software on the S21 Ultra that they need to fix with software updates. The February patch update that they released has been reporting some battery drain issues on some devices. So I'm a little bit hesitant in actually updating to that one. I may just wait till March. Uh, but those are the things you want to keep in mind. A lot of things that we're seeing now is a very companies will like want to jump in and release things early, but not necessarily get us the software updates. So, uh, be be cautious when you're updating your device, but make sure that at least if you have some problems to contact the support center. Uh, we'll have to see how things kind of go with, um, I would say probably with how OnePlus is going to approach it. We're getting very, very close. We saw that obviously the OnePlus 9, uh, I would say the 9 Pro have the Hasselblad uh, marking on it. I'm hoping that doesn't increase the price on it a lot. We'll have to see basically how things kind of go uh, from, from a price point interesting there. Um, Matt's jumping back with the interestingly Juan's OnePlus 8 got close to the Exynos 2100 score and that's got an 865 so very strange things happening with these scores we have to take them with a massive grain of salt massive grain of salt when it comes to benchmarks um, the reason behind that is that what you're looking at essentially is is a synthetic synthetic uh, program that runs a certain series of activities and then essentially may or may not be 100% optimized for whatever version of the software you're running and the device that you're using um, the thing that surprised me the most and what I was taking out of it wasn't necessarily the score. It was more so that the score fluctuated. The results fluctuated based on what settings you had. If you have your phone on 1080p, 120 hertz, your phone is going to perform at the most uh, optimal performance that you're able to get with the, SD, the Snapdragon variant. It seems like the Exynos suffers from the exact same situation. If you don't turn on optimization and if you don't turn off uh, the, the resolution with the screen combo, you're going to get a different experience and that may also be lower than what you typically would expect. Like the advertised numbers that we were supposed to see from Qualcomm are so high, but the question is, are they sustainable? Can we sustain, you know, realistically sustain performance throughput that way for extended usage for people that like to produce content out of their phone, the people that want to be able to play a two hour session of video games on the phone. 
as we're talking right now, which is really not necessarily the best example, but uh, my son is playing on uh, the ROG phone two. This is literally a two-year-old phone, uh, but he's running a two, maybe two and a half hour session with his buddy. They're having an online hangout kind of date. They're playing um, uh, play date in a sense. Uh, they're playing basically Fortnite for the last couple of hours, but they're also running video. Those are the things that you want to be able to enjoy on a device, especially when you're touting, you know, the performance enhancements that we were going to see. So we'll have to see how those things kind of change. My concern would be is more about sustainability. Uh, and I hope that they definitely do show up. Let me see here real quick. Uh, here. Uh, okay. Um, have they fixed the overheating on the 888 Xiaomi yet? Um, some say it's software. So the software is supposed to fix the concern because it, it truly is more, I take that back. We know it's a software because we've seen how Samsung has approached it. And we also saw how Xiaomi approached it. Xiaomi didn't throttle. Xiaomi just gave you literally the performance of the 888. Because if you run the perform, you run it on QHD 120 Hertz and you run the benchmark, you notice that it runs and it hits the 1121 easily. There's no, um, there's not much to actually, uh, there's no changing in settings. Seriously. So let me show you what I mean here, here history. So I'm hoping you guys could see this one. All right. So here, this is the, this is the Mi 11 running again, QHD 120 Hertz, 11, 11, 120, sorry, um, 1121 with 36, 36 on the single core and multi-core when you're running with Geekbench 5. So this is something that I didn't have to turn off anything. They didn't need to change anything as far as the resolution. So that's one approach. And I think 12.5 for the MIUI will give us some more performance improvements that could potentially fix the heating concerns. Uh, my thing would be though, is if you're using the phone with a case, you're not really gonna be that bothered by the, the warmup. I want it to not have any throttling issue because typically when you hit those temperatures, the system is designed by default to throttle the processing, to throttle the performance so that it allows the system to cool down a little bit. Those are the things that we need to keep in mind. So it's more about sustainability of the performance, not necessarily keeping thermals only on control, although important, but it, it's, you know, when you make a claim saying that this is, this is X much better than last year's generation and last year can hang in there for a couple hours worth of gaming, you need to be able to do that. And those are the things that we're, I'm, I'm looking forward to see into those optim, uh, optimizations. Um, Samsung can totally fix their, their issues with their devices uh, by making it a little bit easier to understand what performance mode you're in. Need to know that your device out of the box is at 1080p, 120 hertz, not QHD. So that's one thing. But if you do turn on QHD, your performance dips. It dips to the point where it becomes um, on standard benchmarks. It actually performs less than what the 865 did the year before with QH, uh, with 1080p, 120, which is another thing. So those are th those are a little bit of a issues, kind of what we're seeing in here. Let me see here real quick. Uh, Okay, uh, the Snapdragons are uh, curtailed from the performance at their best uh, to bring in uh, to bring in a parity between them and the Exynos and the Snapdragon powered uh, powered devices. Uh, OnePlus phones will unleash the full power of the 888. Um, I. I, I'm, I like to agree with the the approach that I feel like OnePlus will do that because I think OnePlus always focuses on speed. But a lot of their optimizations are not specific to the processor. It's really specific to their launcher, their interfaces, their, uh, their basically how minimalistic their approach is to the system. And I say that because the way OnePlus runs the OnePlus, uh, the uh, ox you know, uh, Oxygen OS on this um, OnePlus, uh, the Nord N100, literally 180 to 180, 180 to $150 phone, 
is crazy to show how much they can show smooth and uh, smooth processing and of course uh, changing the, the you know between applications opening things and a whole bunch and even at four gigs of ram so yes absolutely there's no question that oneplus will provide us the fastest experiences that we can get on a snapdragon 888 and i think the oneplus 9 pro will definitely be the epitome of that because of the amount of ram and storage and of course we'll always uh, anticipate fastest storage available fastest ram obviously so there's a lot of different factors to keep in mind and those i would definitely agree with you that i think oneplus will be able to deliver to us it's the concern of keeping that with keeping the thermals correct. The problem with the A10 wasn't the software running on the A10. Um, if you were looking at it, it was actually the, the 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 problem with it was starting up with basically being that the SoC ran hot. It was known. Um, Huawei used it for their Pixel. Uh, actually, back then it was um, it was basically the the Nexus. I want to say the Nexus. I forget which next. I think it was just the Nexus. I, I can't remember. It was one of their Nexus smartphones. Uh, I can't remember the specifically because I know the Nexus Six came before it, and I want to say this was the Nexus. I can't remember the the Huawei Nexus version. Anyways, if you guys remember in the comment, please let me know. Um, but the short answer is that that phone, even though people knew ran hot, it was almost intentionally, you know, something that people had to ad address and kind of understand. And even um, some people that actually even owned that version of the uh, of the uh, Nexus, I think there was a, a uh, somewhat of a somewhat legal concerns that were running around it. The short answer, though, is it was a warm heart processor that throttled massively. And there was a big issue with that. Um, a few years before that, as Damon mentioned, there was also the one that was releasing where we had the Snapdragon 808, which was the solution to fix what was the problem with the Snapdragon 805, which was released earlier that year. So we'll, it's more of that side. That's really what I really I worry about what's coming up with. Um, hopefully what OnePlus's approach is that they find a solution, a middle ground to give us that speed and performance that we want, but at the same time providing us better control over thermals. Um, the other the other difference that we also have this year, which is something that we have to kind of appreciate, uh, is Qualcomm is able to update the GPU processing power as well uh, to be able to offset some performances, but also the ability of updating the uh, software for it. So maybe this could be fixed with software, uh, and we're just basically in the middle of that transition phase because devices were, you know, for some reason in a race. Both the Mi 11 and the uh, and the S21 series were officially both made available at the end of the same first month of the year. We're in February and we already have, again, an S21 and a Mi 11. So keep that in mind. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Uh, let me see here. Uh, oops, I think I missed one. I think I went too far and I really did it, did it, did it here. Let me see here. I think if I can catch it here. Okay, Davin, jump back in one more time. So uh, these updates to the Sony and Android 11 make me want to try the Xperia 5 Mark II. Uh, and Omar's gaming sessions uh, make me want uh, <laughs> want me an ROG phone too. Um, he definitely, if there's a phone to be pushed when it comes down to gaming for an extended amount of time, if I really want to be able to run a benchmark, I don't even have to do this. Literally, I can just hand off uh, and make sure Fortnite is running, obviously update it to the latest, hand it over to him for a couple of hours, and then basically see what happens with the performance. Um, for sure, definitely. Uh, performance and throughput are going to be the biggest thing that we want to keep an eye on. Um, I think the RG Phone 2, and at least what ASUS has done with them, uh, is that they provided us a really good thermal pro thermal cooling mechanism in there. Uh, the open vents, and obviously we see you know what Red Magic does with their fans. 
I mean, there is something to be said that maybe the 888 will need to have a fan on it, like what the uh, the new uh, Red Magic is coming out. Now, I haven't seen any kind of specific information as to what exactly the Red Magic is going to be. Uh, obviously, they're going to be uh, what we saw, at least with some of the announcements, a more optimized uh, fan system. So they are going to stick with the fan system, which I feel like is good. But can that help with the throttling concerns? Because in my testing in the past, the camera, the the fan system, although provided maybe one or two degrees lowering temperatures, it didn't provide us that night and day type of experience. Not like you know, block, you know, slapping some kind of like a massive chill factor on there, like a massive heat sink on it. So the experiences are going to be very interesting. But ROG definitely did it well. I didn't get a chance to play with the ROG Phone Three, but to my understanding, obviously, with the exception of the headphone jack, it was still a much better phone than what we saw in the past. But it's same similar battery size, same large display, uh, same, uh, you know, obviously they went to the 144 as opposed to the 120. So definitely some things to keep in mind. Uh, yes, yes, Davin, uh, I, I caught a couple. I, I want to say I want to I, I want to say I caught a couple, uh, but I uh, I don't and I think they're still uh, not not showing up hopefully in there. Um, Matt, with the uh, if Google don't use the 888 this year, I feel OnePlus uh, will be the best optimized phone. For, that is going to be probably the, the the situation. I think Google, for the most part, doesn't have a real reason to go for the 888. The 888 will mean a thousand dollar price point again for for their smartphones, and I don't think Google wants to jump back to that level before setting a good base of users that are followers, obviously, that want to get the Google experience. If they do offer it as a selection, I hope that they still stick with the seven series. Whenever we find out whatever the seven series is for this year, that's the other thing is. It's interesting that we've seen so many releases of processors, the 888, the 490, the 7, the 870, um, but we still haven't seen the 7 series. The successor to the mid-ranger from last year hasn't been announced, and that's more than likely going to be the one that's going to be powering up a lot of the mid-rangers that we were going to be looking for. And not only that, just even the Pixel 6, there's a good chance that Pixel 6 will be running on the next 7 series. So we'll have to see how that kind of comes up. Let me see here. Uh... Uh, okay, so Dual uh, Xenos uh, Info Opinions. Um, Tech Chap has a good Exynos versus Snapdragon. Exynos shows better performance. Samsung Game Launcher uh, Game Plugin does game optimizations automatically, which is a good thing. But my concern or my question would be is essentially is the, the throughput and as far as the thermals. Now, I realized that, you know, I think he, if I'm, I think I, I caught his video a little bit. Um, the biggest concern that I would probably say it's more about sustainability and heat. Did he? If can you let me know if he did run any uh, heat heat gun measurements on the temperatures on the back of the phone? Because those are the main things I always worry about. It's the heat and the centralized temperature changes whenever you're playing for an extended amount of time. I need to rewatch that entire video uh, just to catch up that part. Ah, that's what it was. It was the 6P. It went after the 6. It was the 6P. It was the Huawei made. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. The A10. <laughs> Gary, thank you. Gary and, uh, and Davin uh, caught me there. I, um, for the life of me, couldn't remember the name. I was actually even at the Android barbecue um, the year the Nexus 6P was was announced, and they had a, uh, a Huawei uh, exec. I forgot the name of the gentleman. Um, it, basically, the U.S. side of Huawei at the time, 
and um, it was uh, they they ran a race against Jeremy, um, uh, one of our other uh, basically at the time he was running a lot of our social media uh, activities at XDA and the Android. If you remember the Android barbecue, if you ever heard of it, it was a big event that's uh, basically it was a development rate uh, related, uh, and a lot of companies like OnePlus, Oppo, Xiaomi, um, a lot of companies. And and actually even where the Nextbit Robin, uh, when I had an opportunity to play around with Nextbit uh, before they sold out, uh, they they got bought out by uh, Razer. And before Razer decided to kind of shut it down, <laughs> it's like, hey, we buy it, we take it, and we shut it. Uh, will OnePlus become the more more affordable Samsung? Most of the hardware is the same by Sam. It's, all, it's already made by Samsung by their own for the Oxygen UI. Uh, looks more similar to One UI. Um, there's a big difference between Samsung and, and OnePlus. Is the end is that I think yes. Um, although some of the components are made by one, by Samsung, depend you know obviously which where we're looking at. Uh, the sensors are generally Sony. The display may be Samsung. Um, Oppo really dictates a lot of their direction and into where they're going. So what we see with OnePlus devices, we will probably see in the very near future. And what I mean by that is the way the system is going to be basically optimized and run well is going to be dictated based on that. Now, the elements of uh, Oxygen OS and One UI starting to look the same. I feel like OnePlus took a page from Samsung. And there's no there's no denying that the elements in there are very, very familiar. But it, it's truly more to fit into the uh, one-handability functions, meaning allowing the UI to drop down ever so nicely into the middle part of the screen or the bottom part of the screen so that you're able to use it with one hand. Because 90% of us have that issue whenever you're using the smartphone. You tend to basically be in a weird position there. Um, the thing that I would probably say, though, is uh, I don't think they're going to be the more affordable. I think more people are going to go into a store and they're going to see that there are other options than just going in with Samsung. Um, right now, the best way to describe it from a general purpose, meaning for how most people get their information, it's not necessary when it comes to making selection for buying their phones. Believe it or not, it's not necessarily YouTube. I can tell you that I, I know quite a few family members, if they're considering to buy a phone, they typically will call me because they know my my um, my pro, you know, what we do on YouTube and what I what I try to provide everybody. Um, but they also typically will go into their smartphone stores or they'll go into, let's say, Best Buy, um, you know, and T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint, whatever store that you go into. And it's going to be a selection based on what's in the store, what they can look, touch with their hand and see how things are. LG has a very good, a very good statement this year, and I feel like the Velvet is a very good uh, smartphone to go with. This is basically what's going, still going on from last year since we don't have a new release. OnePlus is where this is where OnePlus's opportunity is going to be to be able to shine. Sony, sorry, Samsung decided now to bring down their devices to be at $1000. So that's the one conversation, right? So if we're looking at it as the S21 Ultra starts at 1000 bucks, the OnePlus last year, the best version of their device with the OnePlus 8 Pro was $1000 as well, that's 12 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of internal storage. Basically, that was the best that they offered. This year if they try to go in that same conversation and they're going to go in with the Hasselblad name, OnePlus is going to have to have a very strong, uh, I, I would say it's going to be a very strong marketing approach to this. If they were comfortable, if this was the year that OnePlus was thinking to go over $1,000, which realistically that could still be a fact, they may start the low price at $999 or $899 or whatever that under a dollar under a thousand they need to really make a very big decision before going into that market where, where Sony, or sorry, where Samsung is selling their their high end flagship at a thousand dollars starting point, so we're going to have to see how 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 uh, you know OnePlus does it with uh, with Samsung, but I feel like if you go into the store now and you see OnePlus, 
I really feel like you're, unless you have that, again, um, I only want to be with, you know, Apple. I only want to be with Samsung conversation. OnePlus will be an easy win. I, I would even venture to say even LG could be a very good conversation if you look at the V60 and what the V60 has to offer. I mean, if you value, if you love listening to good music, if you love your ears and you love having a headphone jack, I think the V60 is a very good capable smartphone that offers us all of the benefits of the Velvet and again, the best chipset of 2020. So always. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. Uh, hopefully this thing doesn't fly. <laughs> no, nothing yet. Um, so yes, because of the throttling. So here, LGH uh, is saying basically what was interesting is that the Snapdragon 808 uh, was better considering uh, when you pin it next to the 810, despite being in low respect, it was because of the throttling. So once you hit too much, too much heat in the system and the system starts throttling, your performance basically goes it just gets dinged. There's no question about it. Um, if you're okay with the way the system was, it, then you probably should have upgraded it. And I feel like um, Qualcomm, for some reason, with the A10, did decide not not to actually optimize, to fix the issue. They basically just jumped over to the next one. Um, but yeah, the the approach where they tried, tried fixing it with the 805 to the 808, um, I feel like the 808 was still would have been a much better processor. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, LG that year did stick to the 808 over the A10. Uh, I think that LG G4 did come up with the LG uh, with the Snapdragon 808, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, always, oh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, hold on, let me jump in here. LG, uh, da, da, da. Oh, man, I just realized I'm actually a little bit behind. So LG, <laughs> dude, okay, um, this this is too <laughs> too weird. LG G4 with the Snapdragon 808 was the, the phone of the year back then, and that was the last time uh, it had uh, a flop for the Galaxy S phones uh, as well with the S5. Uh, hey, man, Davin Davin's on point there. I can't I can't mess with that because that's exactly what I just said two seconds before reading his comment. Uh, but yeah, no, no, definitely. It, it, I think it's it's something to keep in mind. The 808 was definitely a very capable processor, and I think that was a good decision for LG. Um, although I would probably say that at the time, at the beginning of the year, some people were commenting against it, saying, why you use last year's flagship? Because it was a better processor. That's how it goes. Uh, Goran Petrovic, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, perfect time to buy in a 2020 865 phone. Basically, the 865 is slice problematic. Xiaomi will re-release the Mi 10S with the 870. There you go. There you go. No, uh, I actually don't. I think the we need to start seeing more options with the 870. I want to see how the um, price to uh, the price to features kind of uh, uh, treasure set kind of becomes. Because if you think about it, yes, it, technically it is last year's architecture, but they're keeping the SKU going. So now we have an option of going with one version of the processor that has an in incorporated uh, modem. So that's where you get the 888. Sorry. And then you have the Snapdragon 865 that has the separate modem, but then you still have a tried and true performance where you feel like the smartphones using the 865 are going to definitely do better. Um, I'll say this though, the phone is, it's not like saying the 888 is, is not, it's not going to work at all. There's no, it's, um, there are many ways of customizing or, or basically uh, tailoring the experience to get it to work. This is not a repeat of the A10. This is more so a, uh, I think maybe optimizations or just driver support, a better optimize, uh, better software support to get the device to run more consistent across the time. So basically making sure that you don't compromise uh, performance over battery management or th thermal management, because at that point you're basically crippling it and you don't want to do that. You don't want to give that, um, insinuation that you know your phone is just too runs too warm and you need to be able to throttle it so we'll have to see the because like i said 
overall performance on the 888 uh, as far as just the daily I hang in there for two hours on the uh, on the Mi 11, and now although it wasn't a one session for two hours, it was you know jumping in between multiple games, but it roughly about twenty to thirty minutes in each session between switching games, I, I feel like it was still reasonable. Um, and some can argue, obviously, that switching between one game to the other kind of gave the processor a little bit of a cooldown, but that's typical to usage again depends at least for the session that i was running uh, but to truly run it through its spaces i think i would have to put it in my son's hand for a couple of hours worth of uh, fortnite and then come back and of course make sure to turn on the settings to everything on high um wouldn't the guy with the me 11 uh, pro slash ultra demo phone get get in trouble uh, i'm pretty sure that person so the video is no longer available and there's a good chance that somebody from xiaomi has already contacted them uh, because the video is not only not only available at all, but there's no reference anymore. Uh, I don't think whoever whoever did the video, I don't. Uh, I would. I, I. So first and foremost, I'll probably say is they shouldn't have done that. You you should, if you are in a matter in a position where you're working with a brand and you're you're working with them and you're testing something out for them, and you were entrusted with devices like these, prototypes like these. Um, you should be responsible enough to not break that embargo just to be able to get views. Um, the reality of the matter is, if you're if you're more about the views and so on, then at the end of the day, you made a decision, uh, you edited the video, you rendered the video, you posted it to the website, and you launched it. So there's a lot of times that you could have stepped back from it, and I felt like that was a decision that was made. Um, I do hope, obviously, that you know. Uh, my hope essentially is that things are going to be okay. That's my my hope. Uh, I don't know if the if the gentleman is uh, he's getting any kind of repercussions or anything like that. But at, at the end of the day, the video is no longer available, and I, I personally would would say is from a, from a respectable kind of thing, you should not have done that type of uh, just to get the views, just to break embargo for that. If anything else, because if anything else, he was still producing or showing videos with early prototypes. Uh, but it made for a conversation on our end, so I'm, I'm hoping that it does. Again, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let me see here real quick. Uh, put the Snapdragon 870 into the Pixel 6, Google. So I think that may be a good conversation to have. Realistically, the 870 could be that price point feature. Uh, I'm hoping that we get it to what the 7 Series is you know, running at. Because think about it, they kept it at the 8 Series, right? So the 8 Series, by definition, is considered to be a much more expensive but again this is the 870 so this is last year's uh, processor maybe that could be the new mid-range we'll have to see and that um if the 888 continues to have any issues like this we could potentially see more uh more more 870 devices come out later this year uh, but we have to actually start seeing them come out um so match jumping is uh, the uh, the exynos ran at about 45 degrees c uh based uh oh base and then the snapdragon ran at about 35 the exynos got up to 68 c while the x the snapdragon only went up to 45 that's a very big difference that is a very big difference the beginning one was only about 10 but to go from 45 to 68 the 22 or 23 percent a 23 degrees celsius up um, and keep in mind that he's referencing celsius not uh, not fahrenheit which obviously is a lot more uh, so definitely a very big concern when it comes down to processing um, and, of course, longevity. Uh, the thing that Samsung, obviously, first thing, the big thing that they focused on at the launch event was the ability of using your phone for taking pictures, uh, being outdoors, and obviously just using your phone at a, at a very high rate and for a longer time. So, again... I hope something that in the software department can help perform, you know, provide us that experience at a better experience. But having two years in a row where heat is an issue for your processor, 
we'll start kind of questioning the Q, uh, the, the basically the QA process or the quality assurance process of when Samsung's releasing hardware. Why was this not captured? And were you literally just testing it for five minutes as opposed to basically what you're trying to tend to tell, say like, look, you want to go out, spend time with the family, and you want to take a whole bunch of pictures of your kids, your family, or the na nature, or whatever you're doing. Um, you need to be able to hang in there and either put your phone in a super thick case so you don't touch it. But those are things that we shouldn't have to worry about. I mean, realistically, these should have been worked out in the development cycle and in the quality assurance testing cycle, not with the end user cycle, which which is what we're dealing with. But those numbers are very big. Thank you, Matt, for for sharing on that one. Um, I, I am going to double check a, a TechSprout's uh, video. Uh, free the free the next big Robin. Um, you know, hold on a second. Let me let me grab it. I found my uh, my razor phone. <laughs> um, so if you guys remember, ah, hold on, let me just take it out of the case. Don't need, no need to here. So here is the Razer phone, the gaming phone that's based on the Nextbit Robin, the phone with the RGB. And of course, you know, we're talking about the 120 Hertz, the first 120 Hertz phone to run, uh, from gaming phone, uh, to run before we saw obviously the one that came out from ROG, uh, last year, or two years ago. So <laughs> Aditya, uh, I like this. Gary, safety is my middle name. Gary, Gary, safety the the, uh, the fireman. Um, let me hear. Okay, uh, let me jump real quick. ER nineteen eighty here, and hopefully we don't jump too far. Um, the Snapdragon eight seventy is overlooked. Is an overclocked. Yeah, I think you meant the over uh, overclocked version of the Snapdragon eight sixty five, and has an external five G modem, which is again what the six sixty five had. And we will not generate more heat and pull more battery than this, uh, the eight sixty five of last year. Um, okay, so I think I, I understand what you mean. Uh, you're you're referencing essentially the performance concern that you're looking for. The concerns that were that the uh, the eight sixty five last year didn't. So the eight sixty five didn't have a, a thermal problem the way the eight eighty eight is having right now. Um, the eight seventy should continue that, but I don't think it's necessarily the fact that the modem is built into the processor that we're getting a lot of heat issues. I honestly think it's more of a, a the, the tuning and the throttling concerns that they're going in there. Again, Samsung by default knows of this issue and it's throttling it. So if you want to use the higher refresh rate, the higher resolution display, you're by default knocked down unless you turn that feature back on, the optimization uh, options. Uh, mind you, gaming experience, as you know, will automatically turn it on. I think the 870, we still have to wait and see what, what they actually are performing. For the most part, if you looked at the 870, it literally looked like they copied over the, pay, the specs page from the 865 and the 865 Plus, and it was slightly overclocked. So... From an overclock point of view, it's literally the 865 plus plus. So anything that was uh, any characteristics that you may have on the 865 will carry over to the 870. Uh, and if anything, at this point, at least it still seems like it actually runs much better as far as thermals. Although uh, performance wise, again, you're not going to get like 888 uh, performance on benchmarks and, and overall rendering speeds and so on out of the 870. It's more like the 865. Uh uh sharky six uh, sharky165 says hello tk uh, and everyone in the stream and apologies for my <laughs> tardiness hey man welcome back glad to have you back man uh let me see here we have <laughs> uh oh so here's opens in the uh, in the comments asking real quick oops dang it and it keeps doing this uh this oh man i'm pretty far back okay i need to catch up 
Um, do you uh, do you think that the OnePlus 9 series will offer all of the 5G like the uh, millimeter wave uh, for Verizon this year around? Uh, more than likely, they're going to have two different SKUs because they're uh, uh, basically going to be supporting uh, carriers. So OnePlus is already working with US carriers in the US. They're going to release a separate version of it. Uh, Realistically, though, the modem on the 888 is compatible with all of them. There's no reason for them to release a specific unless they want to specifically, um, you know, cap the version of the phone. Uh, but in reality, though, that the, the 888 should be compatible with everything that we have, even millimeter wave with ultra wideband. Um, again, you need to keep you need to be actually in a market that supports it or in a city, I would say city block, depending where you are. Uh, but in theory, the modem should be able to support it. I hope the unlocked model that you buy directly through OnePlus will have an unlocked modem as opposed to having the carrier locked version. They typically do change the hardware though. So carrier versions will typically have one SIM card as opposed to the dual SIM that you get with the unlocked uh, OnePlus devices. Uh, they tend to also have obviously the uh, carriers push the update as opposed to OnePlus push the update. So there's a little bit more of a conversation there. Uh, but if they continue with what we've seen in the past, they typically will have a specific model for Verizon as opposed to what we see typically with other ones. And there was actually a little bit of a hardware difference last year um, on the OnePlus 8. Uh, that was on the uh, Verizon one. So because they for, they needed to change for the antenna, the ultra wideband antenna. So we'll have to see how they changed it. My hope is, so the reality is more than likely it will be the same same thing as last year. Um, Aditya is jumping back, which uh, which is a very good one actually, based on the conversation that Juan had on his show, the SGGQA on Monday. Uh, TK in Juan's blind uh, blind camera comparison, I found myself constantly liking the images from the OnePlus 8 Pro over the Xperia One Mark II full auto mode. Cameras on the OnePlus are already quite good, and I think the reality. Okay, so uh, this this was a video that I think uh, this was a live stream that Juan put out on Monday. Um, I was with you. Yeah, no, I'm I, I really so. There, there are obviously there's no perfect camera setup on any device. There'll, there'll always be kind of like you know strengths and weaknesses and and some areas where you kind of need to make your decision. Um, Sony cameras, or at least the Xperia One Mark II, doesn't really do that well in low light. So they're pulling better light because of the sensor size. I feel like what OnePlus did provide us this year or last year is a much better optimization. The dual high sensors for the ultra wide and uh, the primary sensor, we saw so much more potential in what OnePlus is offering us. Specifically when you're trying to use it, like I said, what Aditya is mentioning with the full auto. Um, no question. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think where so, where Sony's cameras perform best is when you're able to basically use when there's uh, obviously more normal usage experiences, uh, when you're looking for you know eye, eye autofocusing, tracking, um, high frame rate picture uh, taking, um, dynamic range, obviously, uh, and the ability of uh, tuning in the experience on the camera down to a very professional level. I feel like that's where Sony exp uh, uh, performs much better. Uh, but for low light, sorry, for low light photography, it's going to be depending on the device that you have. I think Pixel and OnePlus did very, very well, uh, where Sony didn't wasn't able to pull up a lot of light in those images. So, but again, it, it it's a 90, like when you kind of look at the overall performance, I think still Sony performs quite uh, quite nicely. Like I said, I still really, for the most part, prefer if I'm going to snap any pics to take them directly with this one, even though I have really good phones. Like I'm not going to say that the S21 Ultra or, uh, you know, uh, the Mi 11 don't have really high megapixel sensors, uh, but it's truly about the user experience and the control that you get with the camera applications. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I like about that. Um, 
what's the sole purpose of the second display on the camera on the Mi 11 Pro? Uh, so that one was supposed to be the Ultra. It's purely meant for uh, using the primary sensor in the back and actually seeing and framing yourself in the right format. So the ability of seeing yourself in there, see exactly where you are in the frame and making sure that you're able to basically stay in frame. So if your hand moves a little bit, that you don't suddenly show half your face and so on. Uh, it also helps you to actually look at the sensor where you're supposed to be. So if you're taking a video, uh, typically when wherever we're looking at cameras, we tend to look down to the sensor uh, and we always make sure that where we are and where if you always look to that as opposed to looking to the dead center of your phone, um, your eyes look a little bit more personal because when you're talking to your consumers or you're talking to anybody that's watching your video, it looks like as if they're looking at you. Like right now, um, we're talking obviously on a setup that you know I'm using here, but when I talk to you guys, really uh, the best way to explain it is I'm looking at the lens of my camera and I... In, in a certain way, imagine myself talking to a person. And over time, that becomes the style of when you're talking to somebody so that I don't necessarily need to keep looking at my display or looking at my other display to make sure I'm in focus. I already know Sony takes care of the focusing level here very, very nicely. Um, but I feel like that's what's doing going on with the Mi 11 Pro or the Mi 11 Ultra. Uh, it's going to be something that allows us to truly get the benefit of this best smartphone sensor that they're able to get uh, when it comes down to their cameras, which is always going to be on their back on the back end of their phone. So, you know, shooting 8K video, 8, uh, 4K 60 video is going to be buttery smooth and the best out of those phones. So I like it. I like the way they're approaching it for sure. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. Okay. Um, I saw that the phone on Lou uh, later that the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra uh so okay so uh, yeah no no the the um would i buy the mi 11 ultra i think the reality is if i had to pick between the 11 the 11 pro and the ultra and the way it seems like the ultra is definitely looking more of a super high premium version i would love to be able to try it out i don't i like the approach that they're going with it um blind using the camera sensors on the back on the going without having something to reflect to show you where you are um, takes a little bit of practice and you get better at it i say this because one thing about the xperia one mark ii um although although it has basically triple cameras in the back and a front-facing sensor the best cameras on this are always going to be on the back selfies and, and even portrait imagery is going to come out much better on the back facing sensor so i've learned to actually use the reflective material that we have on the smartphone so what i mean by this so here, let me show you guys what I mean. Uh, it's very much a reflective material. So let me show you maybe a little bit uh, here. So as you can see right there, see, I'm reflecting the actual material. It's literally almost like a mirror finish. So when I'm looking at myself and taking a picture, I've gotten myself used to using that. And of course, we're talking about using the best camera app that you can. And here we are. Why not? Hold on, let's do, can we do this? Can I be in the frame, on the frame? No, I'm just kidding. But you can see right there that autofocusing very very quickly and i'm not even touching a button that's how good sony cameras are um the mi 11 and mi 11 pro will offer us an opportunity to be able to do this on the go on the fly without having to worry about um am i in the right frame am i going to be out of frame when i'm taking portrait imagery so for the for that factor alone i like that and i would definitely be wanting to check that out over the other two models of the mi 11 uh, if i was looking to basically upgrade to a mi 11 in that more in that market that it's available um, the mi 11 ultra if uh, i think if i'm not mistaken the 10 ultra last year only came out in very small numbers and this year they're thinking the Mi 11 Ultra will be an international release as opposed to just being a China-only model. Because last year, the Ultra, I think, was very specific to, our, uh, to the Chinese market. Let me see here. 
Uh, so bees jumping is um, what worked well for Samsung is the narrative that led people to comparing them to Apple. Samsung devices weren't better than LG or Sony. Uh, looking like Apple, uh, looking like Apple competitors helped them drive uh, per, uh, perception. Um, in a certain way, you think yes. Actually, if you think about it, yeah, by comparing yourself to somebody that's a little bit better than you, then typically people that like your product or like the other competitors' products will look at it and say, look, well, if I don't want to go with this camp, I can go with this side. Um, for the longest time, people referred to Android devices as Droid devices because of the Motorola Droid that came out on Verizon years ago. Uh, and that was because that was before Samsung was able to kind of rise up to the top when Motorola was putting out a smartphone and they had that whole commercial on Verizon, Droid, and making the sound of, you know, it's that whole robot kind of thing. Um, and, you know, artificial intelligence and so on, all the, all the insinuations of Android kind of a thing. Um, Yes, totally with you. Uh, by comparison, you're right. Uh, their commercials uh, directly uh, mocking or uh, pinning themselves against Apple all the time. And of course, having a very large uh, advertising campaigns, you have to understand that um, Sony, LG, and OnePlus uh, have a much, they're not focusing as much on advertising because of so the way Samsung does it. We see way more Samsung device uh, commercials than we we will ever see uh, an LG or Verizon, uh, sorry, an LG or Sony uh, smartphone, um, or even a, a OnePlus commercial at this point, because that's just not their focus. Uh, Samsung, I think Samsung does a really good job at the PR. I'm not going to deny that. I think that from a PR standpoint, they have their name out there. I think what they need to do is just literally deliver on the promise or on the hype. The S21 this year is. For me, it, it, it just is not delivering the wow factor that I was sold on. The 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 approach that I saw at the launch event, the things that they talked about at the launch event, when I got the phone in the hand, I was more excited about the N100 that was a $150 phone than the uh, $1,200 or $1,250 phone that I, that I decided to upgrade to because just the overall experience didn't seem to be that much better. I felt like I lost things when I went up to the S21 Ultra and uh, I shouldn't have at that price point. So we'll have to see how that goes. Let me see here. I think Davin. Um, okay, let's jump in real quick here. Um, if we're shopping Snapdragon this year, uh, Samsung this year, um, as a power user, I'll be getting the Snapdragon, uh, the S20 FE, the S20 Plus, or the Note 20 Ultra, which I still think, I think the best, if we have to kind of culminate it, the Note 20 Ultra was the best because they kept a lot of the features that you wanted that they literally a few months later, not even a few months, three months later, took it out. Those are the things, uh, and I and I agree. Those are the ones that you want to you know keep in mind and focus on at the end of this year. Damir Doom Doomer, sorry, hopefully I'm saying that right. Should I be waiting for the new mid rangers from Samsung, Sony, Xiaomi, or should I grab the Redmi Note 9 Pro? Because I think the new mid range uh, the, uh, the new mid ranges are going to be more expensive because of the 5G SOCs. Um, I really think in this year at this point the 5G bang for the you know the 5g moniker is starting to lose its effect that wow factor of 5g because everybody's releasing 5g's there's no longer the you only get 5g in this price or blah blah in all those little options um my concern would probably be is that if the redmi note 9 pro is providing you what you're looking for there's no question that i would say basically don't go for more you know a more powerful processor for the sake of just doing that 
if I'm not mistaken, the Note 9 Pro, if uh, it's running the MediaTek 1000 Plus, which is comparable to the 855 uh, Snapdragon processor, which is a, a very capable processing power powerhouse, uh, I think there's not much you're going to be losing as far as the performance there. The main thing that I would probably see is unless you're looking for a specific feature that the 7 Series offers that the Redmi, that the uh, the um, uh, sorry, the Dimensity 1000 Plus doesn't offer. Those are the things that I would recommend you looking into. But yeah, no, the uh, Note 9 Pro is definitely a very capable smartphone. Redmi makes very good bang for the buck uh, devices, uh, and I've been had I've been lucky enough to be able to check out some of their smartphones in the past. I hope it continues, by the way. Um, so B and H in the U.S. should have the Mi 11. Uh, they have carried the Mi devices in the past in a few years. Typically, B and H does import smartphones. Yes, you're right, and not only that, they'll also bring them in and their prices are actually pretty reasonable. So if you guys are not familiar, B&H is a big um, photo and photo photography shop that's based out of New York. Uh, and uh, they're very big in, in photography, but they also carry a lot of smartphones, like specifically the A7S III that I have here, I bought directly from B&H. Uh, but they typically also have very good uh, prices like the Xperia 5. Sony uh, sells their devices through them, uh, as well as LG. And they, they tend to uh, typically uh, import devices. Uh, the one thing I will I will say though on the Mi 11 is that it does not pick up 5G in the US. So if you're looking for a 5G enabled smartphone, sorry, Vegeta, um, I probably will wait and see if the Mi 11 Pro will support it. Uh, 4G LTE is still quite fast though, depending on the carrier that you have. But I was not able to catch 5G on uh, T-Mobile at least here in my area. Okay, let me see what else we have. Whoa, we jumped all the way down to the bottom and we have a few options there. Da, da, da. Uh, I, I still need to find my Nexus 6. I'm so sorry. Uh, Greg and I have been going back and forth on conversations. Uh, he had a video on how to uh, get Android 11 running on the Nexus 6. And I have, I, I still own a Nexus 6. I think it's somewhere in the office that I just need to be spend some time to look for it. That's the only problem. It's, it's, it's gone through a couple of generational um organizations as i would probably say the best way um chemi's asking is do you remember back uh, back uh, back then when uh, you had the reflective square on the cameras for the for the phones that was uh, the small smaller than the screen 11 on the mi 11 ultra um, and I think he's referencing that little uh, camera sticky. Uh, they used to put it like a, a little mirror sticky option on the back of a phone to give you that reflective and you kind of got a little bit easier to, to focus on it. Uh, it would be much, much less expensive on that. But what I can also see a potential uh, feature here, not just as a viewfinder, but maybe a countdown timer when you're taking a selfie, uh, specifically uh, little helpful tints that you can use that little display, uh, even for notifications when your phone is on the table. So that's another thing that you can also look for. So they may be also more functional things added in there as opposed to just for creation. Uh, having that small of a display and the way it looked like obviously it was a, a color display, they could use it for so much more, like a ticker information, notifications, counter, a whole bunch of different things that you could use. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember those cameras. Uh, and I think Juan and I were talking about that on uh, the best of our week uh, uh, live stream that we moved over to the new channel on there. So definitely, yeah, very, very much. Um, Matt Tyler said, I would definitely buy the Mi 11 Ultra. I use my phone uh, for, for for the show. Being able to uh, frame myself and use the best camera on the phone will always be awesome. Uh, like when uh, when we when we had the uh, the Nubia uh, rear... Oh, yeah, that's right. The Nubia... Um, uh, oh, man. Yeah, no, no, I know what you're talking about. So Nubia had a phone last year that was released with two displays, an actual secondary 720p display on the back of the phone. And I think it was called the Nubia Z2. 
now that phone, unfortunately, was not receiving a lot of software updates. I think Matt had an opportunity to check it out. Uh, but that was a phone that enabled you to use the primary sensor, the main sensor on the back as the main sensor on your phone. So definitely very nice. And I appreciate that um, that it was there. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to be coming out with the second version of it this year. We didn't see any updates to that. Uh, ER1980, say, I can see Google using um, either the their own SOC, if that as that development still going on with Samsung, uh, if uh, if they're ready by the uh, or by the using the Snapdragon 870, as uh, they like to keep they they like to have time to optimize their software and cameras with the respective SOC in the phone. Um, there is a very good chance that yes, I think the 870. If there's anything that that it's because it's based on what the 865 is, that they could definitely optimize to it a lot easier. Um, it just depends if they were ever considering to go with the 865 in the first place, because that takes time as well. Uh, typically, though, with smartphones, we'll probably start talking more specifically, you know, in around May-ish or so for the Pixel, uh, like the Pixel 5a. And uh, and those are the things that are going to be the ones that we're going to be looking for is what do they offer us at the 5a series? And that could be an indicator into the 6 series. Um, Sony, VX, Sony Xperia phones are so underrated. Um, I think it's because a lot of people are not able to see them in real in, in hands in and i think sony is starting to focus a little bit more into providing a very much alpha experience out of their smartphones than they are looking into optimizing their smartphone to be like another smartphone on the market so if you pick up a sony and xperia 5 and xperia 1 mark 2 right out of the box you feel the difference you feel the sony presence in the entire ecosystem uh, the aspect ratio from the display, the 4K panel that you get on the Xperia 1, all of those things are very easily identifiable and very much so noticeable that these are Sony traits. Like an example of what they used to be with the original uh, Xperia Z model, that box size, the water resistant, the SIM, you know, the SIM tool free SIM card ejection with SD card support, a lot of things that you know we we take advantage, we take for granted, but they're definitely very nice. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, so more than likely not 4K at 120 hertz. So Goran Petrovic is asking is, will the Xperia 1 Mark III be with the Snapdragon 888 4K 120? I asked, and I'll say this, based on the conversation I had with Qualcomm back at the time of the announcement of the 888, I asked that question specifically, will the 888 support 4K with 120 hertz frames refresh rate. That was the biggest thing. Because if the processor can't handle it, uh, the OEM will end up having to do a lot more work to try to get that performance to come out. Um, the panels themselves will need to first support it. But it, uh, my understanding is that the 888 will not support that high refresh rate at 4K. So running them both at the same time. So 120 at 4K. Um, last year, Sony's approach to that, you know, um, frame rate are, are to, uh, kind of like upscaling from 60 to 90 um, did see some improvements, but it didn't really show enough for it to kind of qualify as a 90 hertz refresh rate. If there's anything, my hope is that they basically release it with 90, but it's much better 90 implementation, a true 90 implementation this year. Um, you have to appreciate what Sony has to do offers us with the 4K panel. It's a very, very capable panel and honestly, a, a joy to watch content on it, especially for content uh, companies that support 4K on mobile. You're definitely going to enjoy it. Um, let me double check. Ah, okay, so here. Um, does the Xperia 1 Mark II external monitor, monitor feature with Android enabled make uh, make it a DHCP compliant field monitor like the Xperia Pro? 
Um, at this point, I, I'm going to say that it should be the, uh, a very similar comparable experience as to the Xperia Pro, except for the adapter option that you're going to need to purchase. Um, because what he's trying to figure out is, can I connect my Spectrum TV cable box through it uh, adapter and use it over USB-C? Um, we'll have to, well, once that becomes available, I can definitely test that out for you in the US. Um, and I, and I am still, I don't, I'm going to say this every time I start a video, almost like I wake up in the morning, what do I do? Check my notifications and check for my Android 10 because it doesn't show up. Um, we're still in the US running Android, uh, 10, not 11 on the Xperia pro. I mean, the Xperia one Mach two and the Xperia pro came out with Android 10. So hopefully very soon, my understanding is by the end of February, we'll be able to test that out. Uh, Devin, David, it is that time. Yes, actually, I was about to actually throw out the uh, the shout out for people to start getting us. I think we're we're getting to that point of the show where we have to we need to do the uh, the inception uh, <laughs> the, the TK inception uh, show. Let's do this real quick. Let me minimize that. Um, so yeah, well, if you guys get uh, get the get the fingers going, um, and as I'm setting this up here, please please make sure uh, if you guys didn't catch this earlier. Um, I am going to be part of the uh, Sony B Alpha live event at the end of February on the 28th. And this is a big thing for me because obviously, um, as you know, big fan of Sony. I'm literally on everything Sony at this point when it comes to cameras, uh, even on smartphone cameras as well. Um, I will be part of the show. I'm going to have a 30-minute hands-on and Q&A going on with the Xperia Pro. It is a primarily alpha-based uh, show, meaning it's mostly about cameras. But it's because of the Xperia 1 Mark II, as well as the Xperia Pro, uh, they are very much focused on that experience. And um, I will be able to do a quick Q&A there. If you'd like to check it out, there is a link in the description below to the B Alpha event. Scroll down a little bit below the registration page when it's talk, talking about your uh, the show hosts and so on. And uh, you're going to find a, fa a face that is very familiar to you guys there. Uh, so if you guys like to check it out, please make sure to check it out and let me know what you guys think. Um, and of course, I, I would always love the uh, the support for everybody else to help us. So let me go ahead and put this here. I'll bring it up. And uh, okay, we're going to start off with Matt Tyler. He hit it up first. Let me just do real quick here and share, screen share, and select. And we're ready. One, two, three, and go! <laughs> almost got it on time almost almost got it on time thank you very much to matt tyler as usual thank you very much for the support uh, always thank you uh love from india I hope you guys are doing great i realize it's really early in the morning thank you for hanging out with us dtnl as usual tk hashtag tk or bay tkception thank you very much aditya for hanging out and uh, sharing your always, always appreciated thoughts and uh, comments. And I do need to reach out to you, by the way, later on, Aditya. I, I need to talk to try to get you into the, um, to be more of a comment, uh, comment, uh, comments moderator on the channel. Words, not working. <laughs> ER1980, uh, TKception, Tariq Bay, thank you very much. And just for reference, I think a lot of people read it. So it's um, the, the way you say the first name is the same like the word Derek, if you're familiar with the word Derek, the D-E-R-E-K with a T. That's the English way of saying it. In Arabic, it's Tariq, so it's more of an O, <laughs> but thank you very much. Uh, Davin Davis, as usual, Sony, has, hashtag Sony Alpha panel guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm... Um, when I, when I was able to finally kind of work out the, the details on that, I was really excited, like over the moon type of excitement level. Um, big, big fan of Sony for many years. And to, to get to this point, it's obviously very nice. Um, and of course, Greg, as always, thank you very much for the for the support, man. TKception. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and mate, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, a lot of work, many, many years. 
Uh, thank you very much to Gary, the fireman with the super chat. Always, always appreciate it. Uh, always helpful. And of course you guys are very, uh, literally like the main reason why we hang out on Saturdays is because you guys show up, you want to talk, we hang out and we get to kick it together. Uh, and of course, Matt Tyler, uh, TK Alpha Bay. Oh, I like that. I like that. The TK Alpha Bay. Oh, uh, man. Alpha Beta Kappa at this point. So we're going to just go with a sorority or sorry, a, a fraternity, not a sorority. Wrong show. Wrong show. Um, so some, <laughs> so awesome, dude. Always, always appreciated. Um, and I want to say thanks again to everybody else. I'm just going to switch it back. <laughs> into the into the normal view of things uh before i before we let everybody obviously as you know uh, make sure to check out matt and matt and sam's show tomorrow across the podcast 1 p.m pacific standard time uh their show uh i have so i've always always appreciated and again thank you very much for the for hanging out with us uh let me just say real quick if there's any more comments going in i have one plus seven pro which I uh, found 21 as experience from 21 by nine, even sharper in HDR video. Uh, so uh, realistically, if you're looking for the best panel to watch content in, in any on the market right now, the Xperia 1 Mark II is going to be the best when it comes to 4K content and, and the ability of tuning the white balance on there. And there there is that creator mode that you have in there that turns on truly the best uh, video experience. Uh, the OnePlus, uh, the, sorry, the OnePlus 7 Pro is a great phone. There's nothing, I'm not saying that's not a great phone, but... You're looking over. You're you're comparing a truly like a, a QHD resolution at a higher refresh rate. Although looking great, I feel like Sony does it just ever so nicely. A little bit with the even with the original Xperia Pro, the the Xperia One from 2019. So if you're looking for a good panel, uh, pick up an Xperia One or a One Mark II, and you're still going to be getting a really good experience there. Uh, DTN, yes, a DTN. <laughs> Purely, purely from the sense of what we had, like the last couple of weeks, Matt. Uh, there was a few. Um, let's just say this: there was a few. There was a few things going in there where uh, I, I didn't notice them. But then I think it was one of those days where you were working a little bit later on. So I appreciate your help always, as, as uh, always, always, always. Uh, and uh, let me put this one real quick here. Da, da, da. Hashtag ER nineteen eighty exactly. See that? So this is the Arabic spelling of my name, Tarek. Uh, cheers. Always thank you to El Josa. So for everybody that had a chance to hang out with us today, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Um, again, Greg, Aditya, um, Gary, uh, of course, ER 1980. Uh, I want to say everybody, uh, you know, unbox, unbox mania here, Greg, um, Davin Davis as well. Always Davin actually started with us at the beginning and, um, I never got a chance to pick up, but what did you end up cooking Davin? Uh, so we'll see. And we are a little bit over on the two hours, but again, um, and of course, uh, every, everybody else checking with us. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, if you're doing, if you're able to, please reach out and have a conversation with somebody you haven't talked to for some time. They would always appreciate it. They'll always make you know. People love being connecting or connecting with people that they haven't talked to for some time. I hope you stay safe. I hope you are safe. And for uh, for uh, obviously Valentine's Day tomorrow, I hope you guys have a great uh, Valentine's. And again, it doesn't have to be just a loved one. It could be your parent, your mom, your sister, anybody that can basically reach out and showing that you care. I think that's the biggest thing that we can always we can always uh, kind of share uh, and appreciate. Of course, um, Earl Owens. Hey man, um, how you doing? Uh, so have fun, be safe. I'll see you guys next week. Make sure to check out uh, Matt and Sam tomorrow. And of course, Juan Carlos on Monday. Uh, and uh, I hope you guys were doing great. Take care, everybody. And bye-bye for now.